Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Sustained effort and violence. There's local politics, bud. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Do we not agree? Was that supposed to be funny? Cool, neat story. It could be a total goat rodeo. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, hello and welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday, January the 4th. Welcome back to uh, you and to us here, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, CJ Schaefer, inside the Pirate Radio Studios. A lot of guests to get to on today's program on pirate radio 92.7 fm in greenville 104.1 in washington you can still find us on 1250 and 930 also online pr 927fm.com you can watch the show on facebook live and on youtube and chime in there with your questions and comments we'll uh, interact with you on today's program you can give us a call 317-1250 or reach out to us on twitter as well we've got uh, a lot to get to planning to hook up with joe dooley here in our number one the head basketball coach of the pirates as east carolina scheduled to play wednesday night against tulane we know how that goes east carolina going through some COVID issues hoping to get back on the court and uh, we'll talk to joe dooley in just a moment right here on the program coming up later on this hour we'll talk some hornets basketball with spencer percy from the buzzbeat podcast hornets off to a rough start to 2022 got blown out by the suns on sunday turned around last night had a chance to win on the road against washington came up short so zero and two to start the new year for charlotte they are in even 19 and 19 on the season we'll talk about that with spencer percy later on jeff nadu will join us in hour number two to talk about college basketball slate tonight from a gambling perspective a lot of games going on tonight we'll look at some nfl college football as well si seymour joins us in hour number two to talk some hoops and steven Ayo hoist the colors coming up in hour three but right now we'll kick off the show with the head basketball coach of the east carolina pirates joe dooley joins us on the pirate radio live line coach we appreciate your time how you doing today I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, doing fantastic, Coach. The, the million-dollar question you've been asked a uh, hundred times this week, and we'll throw it out here uh, 3 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, are, are the Pirates playing basketball Wednesday night? Is it is it headed in the right direction at least, Coach? We hope so. And, uh, you know, I, I hear all the betting lines. I bet you Vegas has lines on whether games are being played or not. So <laughs> things you don't. But uh, I, I think we're heading in the right direction, hopefully. And uh, you know, I, I say this. Uh, in a positive, but it is hour to hour change. But I think we're, we're trending in the right way. Uh, we turned out last Wednesday. You know, we were getting ready to head over to Minji's on Wednesday night, and we learned early afternoon that that game was not going to be able to get played. So, so how you know close to tip off, Coach? Do, you know, do you know? Will you know if you're going to have enough to to be ready to go? I mean, I, I think you're. You know. It's it, like I said. It, it's it's a crazy deal. I think we're trending the right way. I think we're in a pretty good spot. Um, I, I never say absolutely about anything. So, but I do think we're in a pretty good spot and uh, going that way. But last week was a little bit different. Um, I, I think that you know what people don't understand is contact tracing can still be in play. So those affect some numbers. Now the, the CDC as well as the American and the SEC and the Pac-12 shortening the isolation it also helps because more mm-hmm. people become available 
Coach, you know, you've been away from games these past uh, couple of games to open up conference play. How about practice? How much practice have your guys uh, been able to get in? Uh, well, you know, until today, we won't have practiced as a team uh, with, the, with the guys that are playing until today. Uh, so that's been a little different. We've been able to do a couple of, you know, we were off for a couple of days until we got, uh, you know, until we got everything, uh, until everybody got tested and got all the results back. Uh, then with that, we were able to do a, you know, a day or two where we just did some individual stuff. And um, you know, one day we were able to do some, you know, as we progressed, we were able to do some four-on-four stuff. And today will be the first day that we you know, we were able to really essentially practice with the guys that are going to play tomorrow. Well, you were able to get 12 games uh, under your belt and, and go unscathed uh, in the non-conference as far as getting games in. Nine and three start to the season. So you, you've got plenty of games in, plenty of time in with your players. But... With this layoff, do you, are you concerned about rust? Are you concerned about conditioning, or do you expect your guys to pick it right back up and uh, and get back to basketball? Oh, the concern about both the conditioning and the rust. I mean, I, I, these guys are finally trained athletes, and to, you know, when you have more than a day, I mean, these, it's you would laugh. It sounds weird, but you know, uh, the day after a day off is usually a little bit rough to start practice because their bodies are so finely tuned to to do things. And when they have a day off, it gets a little wacky but when you start throwing three or four or five days off the biggest thing you worry about is conditioning and the conditioning affects the timing and then you also worry about injuries i mean i think when you see with these nba guys some of the, a lot of these guys are coming out of covid protocol protocols and uh you know they give them a week or so to ramp up um and i think some of the things when you when you look around that's one of the biggest concerns is the injury factor um you know and i think that's that's something that we are definitely concerned about and knocking on wood here coach but it sounded like heading into the southern miss game injuries and your guys you know getting healthy getting fresh that was not an issue you guys were getting healthier so uh, away from covid from a a health standpoint bumps and bruises uh is your team in pretty good shape right now from that standpoint great shape i mean as you're more healthy uh, basketball standpoint i think um you know, we're, we're looking forward to getting all the pieces back together and getting them, but then, you know, getting some practices in. That was one of the, the weird deals. You know, you, we came back from Christmas and we were able to get a couple practices in. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of a setback, but, um, you know, you, right about now, you'd really like to be having your, you know, your two hours a day and getting your work in and getting the guys in routine and the day before the game, you're 90 minutes in and uh, getting a little bit of a routine, but it, it isn't. So you adjust, uh, try to figure things out and have to adjust on the fly, which is, which is what part of our job is yeah i know you guys are hoping to get back to that midweek weekend routine of games how about the the previous two games wichita state and south florida any uh decision there coach uh, are you going to try to play those games uh at some point this regular season well we're working with the league and with south florida and wichita state we do have a bye week sometimes the date don't the dates don't match with their bye week uh with either wichita state or south florida uh you know we'll, we'll stay in communication with the league i, I think as you've seen some of the other leagues have been able to uh, switch games around. I mean, I believe the Pac-12 is flipping a bunch of games this week because um, they've had some people shut down. I, mean, I know UCLA and USC have been shut down, and they were trying to flip a couple of those games down and shut down. So I, I do think that the league is in constant communication with all the schools about uh, you know who's who's in who's in play and who's maybe a little shelled for a little bit. But uh, I also think that the, uh, we also talked about I think the, the shortening of these um, of the isolation and the, the recovery period will have more guys back quicker if they're asymptomatic 
Joe Dooley joining us. Uh, some teams have been able to get some games in, and, and one of those teams is Tulane, who you'll be seeing coming up on Wednesday night. And you've been around for a long time. I've watched games forever, Coach, so I know that that upsets happen and and inconsistent play happens. And, and Tulane, you know, it's tough to explain their non-conference and then coming out and beat Memphis and Cincinnati. But right now, uh, they're playing some great basketball, two great wins to start this uh, conference season. Yeah, yeah, played really well, and they they went through it early. I mean, they had a little; they were shut down for a little bit uh, pre Christmas, and they 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 fought back and they've got all their guys. I thought they played really well against they played really well against a little bit better against Charleston. They lost the close game just before Christmas or the last game they played. And then Memphis, they played really well. I thought they played with a lot of energy. And the first half of the Cincinnati game, they were spectacular. Got uh, Tulane coming up Wednesday night. East Carolina hoping to get back on the hardwood, and then we'll be on the road in Philadelphia against Temple. Joe Dooley joining us, Coach. I uh, wanted to ask you about a couple of freshmen, and, and we've talked about you know R.J. Felton and, and Brandon Johnson, how they've played so far, and you want those guys to get better as the season goes along. But there's also that that mythical freshman wall, and uh, we talk about it a lot in football when when true freshmen kind of get beyond the amount of games they play in high school. And, and how they're they're banged up uh, at the end of the year. How about basketball? How much is that a, a real thing, Coach? When you start playing all these games, when you're uh, you're not used to it, I guess more so in in Felton's case than a, a Brandon Johnson case. Well, I think what happens is, I mean, the, the guy hitting R.J. Felton in high school is five eleven, one hundred and sixty five <laughs> pounds on his screen, and now it's you know it's uh, during it uh, at Memphis or it's you know it's it's one of these big guys, Odizi at 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 Wichita State, and that guy is 6'10", and he's 245 pounds, and he's angry. So that wear and tear, just the ability, you know, having to stay in the stands, having, uh, even when you drive and, and get hit or getting through screens, I think it does wear and tear. That's why, you know, I, I did like where we were physically. But uh, I, I just think that, you know, being able to do it mentally, the travel's different, uh, the amount of travel is different, the distance is different, the arenas are different. So everything, seeing things for the first team, for the first time is also very different. Joe Dooley joining us, Coach. I know last year you had to be uh, away from the team, and you told us you you did a lot of bike riding and just tried not to uh, let yourself go crazy being away from the team and away from basketball. So, how about you know during this break, what have you been doing? Watching basketball? I guess you had some Christmas time with the family. How have you uh, dealt with this break uh, away from from playing games? No, well, the, the genius that, that I am, we were off the twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth, so I got ahead and did all my two lanes. <laughs> Wichita State and South Florida scouting. Um, you know, was able to watch three or four games on each team to try to get ahead. I watched Tulane early because, uh, you know, with quick turnaround, sometimes you don't have as much time, uh, or it saves you time to get ahead and be more efficient, get ahead, of, get ahead of the scout. And uh, we had the Wichita State, the South Florida, as well as the Tulane pre-scout done. So we did all that, and then um, obviously last week was disappointing, and uh, it wasn't like we had time. You know, we're trying to figure out who was in, who was out. Uh, return dates, uh, you know, testing, we just all those type of deals, trying to get organized uh, and, and try to keep your guys' spirits up. Joe Dooley joining us. Coach, uh, if you are able to go on Wednesday night, do you have any idea what kind of roster you're going to have available? Will it be a, a you know a full slate for you? We won't have everybody, no, but I mean that, that was to be expected. So we'll uh, hopefully keep, uh, things keep going like they have the last couple of days. Uh, we'll add a guy or two today to practice, which we haven't had, so that'll be good. And uh, yeah, we'll try to, you know, we're getting the biggest thing, like we talked about, is conditioning. We'll probably have to sub a little bit more often than uh, previously, and 
which is part of it, just to try to keep guys fresh and try to keep guys from, from not getting banged up. Well, I know you coaches enjoy a challenge, right? Is this uh, <laughs> how about coaching in these times, these last couple of years, coach? How, you know, how just difficult mentally uh, has it been on you guys? Well, I think the, the, the when you when you look at it, I, I don't like it, but it's the reality of it. But the, the the thing about it is, you can sit and feel sorry for yourself. With, you know, this this is terrible, which is, but it's, it's affecting mankind. It's just not affecting pirate basketball or our players and. You're sitting there saying, you know, you got to be a little bit more creative. You know, at, uh, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, you can put a black practice plan together, and we're going to do X, X, Y, and Z. And you know, at 2:30 in the afternoon, you're 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 trying to recalc, you know, recalibrate it, and now you're playing three on three. Uh, so it, there are variables. I mean, you know, when you don't have 10 guys. Um, how, how do you work on some things? You know, you don't have, you know, we have seven or eight guys. Or at one point last year, we had four. Uh, so you know, now it's trying to figure out how to be creative and. Uh, how not to get the guys hurt, uh, how to get them in shape, you know, keep them in shape, and, and all those things are variables. With the time off, Coach, uh, were you able, you uh, assistants, able to follow these you know, holiday tournaments, a lot of games going on, a lot of teams, a lot of players in one building? Were you, uh, I'm sure you kept an eye on them at least, right? Guys, we were getting, guys went out, we were recruiting, uh, you know, uh, evaluating some of the guys, that they, you know, seeing some of the guys we've been recruiting, and Look at some other, you know, some of the younger players. And the, the terms, obviously, we're in an area where there's a lot of great high school tournaments, which is awesome because you can drive. And uh, we, we hit some of the things in the northeast and a little bit north of us also, which was great. Good deal. Joe Dooley joining us today on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Coach, really hoping we can see you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock in Menji's East Carolina and Tulane scheduled to go uh, Wednesday at 7. We appreciate your time today, Coach, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. There is Joe Dooley joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, I guess somewhat optimistic about basketball Wednesday night at 7 uh, don't exactly know who's going to be available uh, but he's just ready to, to roll the ball out and, and play a game and uh, I, I don't know if I should say a good Tulane team but a hot Tulane team coming off wins over Memphis and on the road at Cincinnati and as Joe Dooley said they've kind of already went through their deal uh, with COVID and their layoff because they had a stretch and I'll pull it up here where they missed uh, at least two games, maybe three games on the schedule right before entering conference play uh, and and going on this little hot streak here. So they had lost uh, three in a row to Toledo, Valpo, and Charleston. They beat Alcorn State and uh, and lost to Charleston again, uh, losing to them twice. Texas A&M, Grambling State, New Orleans, all those games were canceled. So they did not play kind of like East Carolina for two weeks from December 14th to uh, the 29th. They played again on the 29th. That's when they knocked off Memphis last week. And then this past weekend went on the road and beat Cincinnati by eight points, 68 to 60. So a 2-0 and start to Tulane. Now you've got East Carolina who went on a similar uh, hiatus from the court. And they come back, so maybe they come back playing well like uh, Tulane was able to do. But uh, hopefully some basketball coming up Wednesday night, 7 o'clock in Minji's Coliseum. At least it's trending that way, as you heard Joe Dooley say, that you know looks like uh, if things keep going the way they are, we'll be uh, watching some hoops coming up on a Wednesday night. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll uh, rehash that. If you have any questions, comments on Pirate Hoops or anything else, you can chime in on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, or give us a call, 317-1250. A lot to touch on in the world of sports, and we'll talk about it all when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Well, Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All righty. Welcome back into the show. Cliff Brock here with you. We got some uh, news from ECU Athletics. ECU Athletics and Playfly Sports have uh, will begin a multimedia rights partnership. Playfly Sports on the Playfly Sports Network. So long, Learfield IMG. So long, Learfield IMG's Clip Rock on the Playfly Sports Network. Playfly. Sports I don't Network. like that name, uh, Playfly. Shoefly. Yeah. Don't bother me. <laughs> Playfly. Play don't, don't bother don't, me. Don't, 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 don't play with me. So anyway, John Gilbert said, quote, we are excited about today's announcement of Playfly Sports as our new multimedia rights partner, end quote. That's just an odd name. It just doesn't roll off the tongue very nah, well. Playfly. Playfly Sports. You're listening to Pirate Basketball on Playfly Sports Network. Because right. you know somebody's going to fumble that word. Playfly. Yeah. Playfly. 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 So uh, there you go. For those that care, just we're just uh, spreading the news. Just spreading the good news. Start, Start spreading, spreading the news. news. We're gonna be play fly. I'm living today. Actually, uh, summer of 2022, East Carolina will uh, be oh, on. Wow. The- oh, so when so the Pirates are in Omaha on the Play Fly Sports Network. Yeah. <laughs> the state ECU game will be on. The Playfly. Playfly Sports Network. See, I I almost said it. I it, Payfly. No, I I want to say Playfly. Not I keep leaving that L off. Playfly. Maybe Play, Steve and I go. That's well, a that's a lot. How many years were we with Learfield IMG? I don't know. Quite a few. I don't know. Because it was IMG, then it went to Learfield IMG, and then they dropped the IMG and just went with Learfield. And so, now we're with. Playfly. Play fly. <laughs> so looking forward to being uh, part of the Playfly family. 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 The Playfly family. We'll see. Uh, family. <laughs> Steve and I go can tell us what uh, all this means when he joins us. Coming up today at uh, 5 o'clock. Cy Seymour in hour two. Jeff Nadeau in hour number two as well. Spencer Percy later on this hour to talk some Charlotte Hornets basketball. And look around the NBA. Disappointing loss last night by Charlotte mm-hmm. Chanman. Yeah. Has uh, had a lead late and lost to Bradley Beal. What a fun second quarter that was. It was like 38 to 19, something like that. Hornets yeah. outscored the Wizards, took a lead and, in the halftime. And it was a fun end to the game, but it wasn't fun for Hornets fans. It was fun for C.J. Schaefer last night because the Pittsburgh Steelers won on Big Ben's last hurrah at Heinz Field. Let's look at the playoff scenarios. If the playoffs began this weekend, which they would have in every other year, but there's a week 18 this year. Uh the Tennessee Titans. Titans. Touchdown Titans. How about some Mike Keith playoff calls coming up, Chandler? Yes, sir. We heard some we've had some Mike Keith playoff calls the past couple of years. And how about Derrick Henry is supposed to come back, right? 
Yeah, he should be coming back soon. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, how about a boost uh, to that team getting Derrick Henry back? The Titans would be the top seed in getting a bye in the first round. Here would be your matchups wild card weekend. Chiefs Chargers, Bengals at home against the Colts, and part 3 of the trilogy between the Bills and the Patriots. Love it. Love all of it. Colts or Bengals, uh one of them guaranteed to be in the divisional round if these standings hold true now some things can still happen the chargers play the raiders in a winner take all game so the winner of chargers raiders will be in the playoffs chandler we saw this scenario floating around so that game is sunday night jaguars and colts play earlier in the day if the colts lose to the jaguars and the chargers and raiders tie they both make the playoffs they both get in i guess they would win a tiebreaker over pittsburgh has that been factored in okay so that is a yes so colts lose to the jags so that could never happen how about the colts hadn't won there's a stat to consider there is a huge stat to consider to consider colts haven't won in jacksonville since 2014 Mm mm-hmm so just throwing that out and the house of horrors and they have carson wentz at quarterback house of horrors on the play fly sports network so okay where do the steelers come into all this so the chargers raiders is going to have a loser unless they do the handshake deal and tie so they can both make the playoffs so one of them will lose so if the colts lose and then the loser of the chargers raiders that team will be out steelers win they're in that's how all that has to work out. The Steelers play the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. They play the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and the Ravens have been. Are the Ravens still alive? I don't see an E by their name. CJ says no. I don't see an E beside the Ravens' name. No. Let me look up a Ravens playoff scenario here. Ravens, they're still alive, but I think they're like the last possible team that could. Get well, they're in. definitely the the least possible team. Uh, Ravens playoff chances are slim. Here's the path. Uh, let's see. Baltimore has a three percent chance of making the playoffs. Uh, so, what is the path? What is the path? The Ravens need to beat the Steelers. They need the Browns to lose on Monday Night Football. Will that happen? The Colts to lose to Jacksonville. Miami to lose or tie to New England. That could happen. Chargers lose to the Raiders. So somehow the Ravens could still get in. But it's a lot of stuff that has to happen. We'll just we'll count them out for now. So looks like it's going to come down to uh, Colts, Steelers, and uh, the two West teams, Chargers and the Raiders. Raiders. Looking forward to Chargers Raiders Sunday night. They always put the the last game of the regular season. It's always a division game, and it always has some playoff implications. Last year, it was Washington and Philly when Philly took out Jalen Hurts and put in Nate Sudfeld, and it was the worst game of all time. <laughs> I remember that. And I the forgot Eagles about that. basically handed Washington a playoff spot on a silver platter, and uh, that will not be the case this year because both. The Raiders and the Chargers have something to play for. It is the Battle of the Pirates Sunday night. Zay Jones and Linval Joseph. And Linval Joseph. On the place? 
Playfly Sports Network. Speaking of the Playfly Sports Network, Josh Thomas says, Clip, when are they going to announce a new baseball announcer? I don't know, Josh. Good question. I asked Malcolm Gray that question uh, on Saturday. and Cool, neat, cool, neat question. He didn't have a uh, an official answer for me yet. Cool, neat story. My- we need somebody to say, Safe! Mike P. Safe! Says, you can paint this one play fly purple. <laughs> <laughs> Mike P is starting the year off strong. Uh, yeah, he is. He is. Picking up uh, where he left off last year. Uh, so there you go. That uh, That's the uh, the AFC. NFC, the Green Bay Packers, I think have clinched number one. They have. Uh, the playoffs goes through uh, Lambeau on the NFC side. The Rams, if the playoffs started today, would be the two taking on the Eagles. Eagles are ugly. That's, a, that's an ugly playoff team. Kind of like the Washington football team last year? Pretty much, yes. Uh, Tampa against San Fran and Dallas, Arizona, a rematch of what we just saw. And Kyler Murray does not lose in Jerry World. That is a stat to consider. 8 no lifetime. And uh, would be looking to go to 9-0. Now, you want to talk about an ugly playoff team. The Saints are still alive. How? (laughs) Shirley Rhodes from left field. How exactly are the Saints still alive in all of this? The Saints play the Falcons. And the 49ers play the Rams, I believe. So, with a Niners loss and a Saints win, I think the Saints are in and that you know is a a likely scenario it's niners at rams coming up so the saints right now sitting at eight and eight could get to nine and eight and you could have a really ugly uh playoff in the nfc side if the saints and eagles get in saints would be the worst playoff team right i mean Taysom hill stinks terrible you watched him the other day. You know, he that was, was he was great game. when Drew Brees was the quarterback and he was kind of like your utility guy, but now that he's the quarterback, he has just not shown well, what been, I thought I shouldn't he say would be. Taysom Hill stinks. I should say Taysom Hill, the quarterback, stinks. Taysom Hill, yes. the football player, is a very valuable he's football player to yeah. have on your team. I mean, but I agree. it's better than what we saw a couple of weeks ago when they played Shirley's Miami Dolphins when we watched Ian Book just absolutely stink it up so yeah you got to go with Taysom hill but it's definitely not the best option i mean you hate to write a guy off early in his career but i think you could say the book's been written on ian oh yeah that's good that was a good one. Oh man i think you could say the book's been written on ian thank you sorry no problem so there's your playoff scenarios i am very excited about these playoffs my team won't be in it Chandler's team won't be in it. Shirley's team won't be in it. And CJ's, we were so close. CJ's team needs some help, but he says no. They're not going to be in it either. Mike Tomlin did wrap up. Did he wrap up another he, n- non-losing season? He clinched 15th straight. Oh, because they had that tie. It was like, all right, he can't go 8-8 eight and eight this year. So what's he going to do? He's going to tie a game so he can go 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. Brilliant. Or potentially 9-7-1. and one. He has never had a losing season as a head coach. I got to tell you, after watching that game, and it's not like I hadn't watched any Steelers over the years, but they are really frustrating. I, I don't like what they do. They either throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage or 50 yards down the field. There's not much in between there. 
it's a weird offense. Their best offense is handing the ball off to Najee Harris and letting him run because he was impressive last night. It was not a great display of quarterbacking between Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield, who both um, has been playing football next year. Future Washington Commanders quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. You're well, going with Commanders? I don't know. I think they should go Commandos and not wear any draws. <laughs> I wanted to say this because you mentioned uh, two bad quarterback displays last night at least with ben you know you kind of expect that at this point in his career what does that say about baker that you can go ahead and say he probably played worse than ben did last night in his last home game of his career it says that i saw one particular panthers uh media member say baker mayfield to the panthers <laughs> Chandler, your thoughts? This gotta be. This has gotta be a joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess both of those guys are gonna be on different teams. So is Ben retiring, or is he gonna play next year? I hope he retires. He I would imagine he's gotta retire. He could go the Philip Rivers route and play on a maybe a can. But who who wants Ben Roethlisberger at this point? That's the question. Yeah. Nah, I don't know if anybody's gonna want him. So, yeah, there's that. The end of Big Ben. And just the beginning. Baker Mayfield, some team's going to get him, and they're going to do what we did with Darnold. We're going to say, all right, look, maybe he's in a bad situation. Yeah, maybe he was, you know, look at the situation he was in, guys. He was in a volatile situation. He he needs needs a second chance. Yep. And these guys get a million chances. I mean, look what he didn't have. I mean, look what he has here now. He needs a second chance. Look at Ron Tannehill. I'll tell you, you he's not going to give him a second chance. Odell Beckham's dad. He's still going over game film from last night, cutting up the uh, highlights or lowlights. Why he didn't pass it to him? Uh, (laughs) Just him missing throws. Baker was under duress, which uh, TJ Watt, and this shouldn't count because we're adding games, but he's like, what, two sacks away or whatever from breaking Michael Strahan's record? He did miss two games, so technically he would have it in 15 games. <laughs> now we got to do like a sacks per game record. Um, but they were all over Mayfield last night, but there was one particular play that stood out to me. You know how when a quarterback does a play action and just has all the time in the world, he gets to set up, do his proper mechanics, yeah, turn, you know, turn the body, cock the arm, let it loose. And you just always know in the NFL, and even in college now, the way these passing quarterbacks are, that that throw is going to be on the money to a wide-open guy. Like when they pan the camera over, it's just going to be a wide-open It's just a guy wide open running free. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So Baker does all that. Nobody around him at all. Sets up, throws, pick. Like you pan, the camera pans, you expect to see that guy wide open running free. Instead, it's the Steelers guy. Uh, wide open wide open (laughs) running underneath to make the interception and so yeah he was harassed last night but even plays like that were uh just just ugly 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 all right let's uh take a break we'll come back when we return we'll talk a little nba spencer percy busby podcast going to join us to talk hornets and uh everything else going on in the association We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk more about the uh, Washington football team name too. I see some people are chiming in on that on Facebook. So uh, I tell you what, I I hate. I hate 
announcing that there's going to be an announcement. Just do an announcement. Why do you have to do an announcement that there's going to be an announcement? I hate that. Announcement. There will be an announcement. So, uh, I hate that. So, Washington announces that they will announce their name and have an announcement on February the 2nd. Great. Oh, and we have a long snapper. Whoops. No, I I just saw it. I signed it today. There is a new long snapper that has committed to East Carolina. Here's, Here's the funny thing. I know this guy. Because it, it could be you. I know this guy. Is it Chandler Honeycutt? Huge long snapper news. Announcement! There we, is an announcement! We have a major announcement that there will be an announcement coming up on the other side of this timeout. Stick with us. We're back after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show welcome back for the latest breaking news interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner be sure to follow pirate radio on our social media you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at pr 927 fm join the close to 50 1,000 followers today at PR927FM. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Alrighty, as we have learned this week, the biggest movement going on in the college football world, it's not a coaching carousel. It's not even a quarterback carousel. It's the long snapper carousel. It's a long snapper. Chandler Honeycutt has done a lot to raise awareness for long snappers here on this show. The only position in football that is not recognized on postseason, postseason honors. All-American, all-conference. You don't ever see it. Which is a disgrace. Wait. It's a disgrace. Wait, 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 wait. The only position? No, what about a holder? That, you're right, Shirley. Chandler's okay. wrong. He was trying to trying to maybe overstate it a little bit. I was going to say because, you know. Yeah, that's true. Holders. But, hey, guess what? That's a specialist. They always get dis, uh, disrespected, but it's okay. Well, I disagree because there's the Lou Groza and the Ray Guy Award. There's also the uh, Pat Manley Award for long snappers. <laughs> 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 well, how did you say all that then? What's it called? The because Pat- they're still not appreciated. Pat who? Pat Manley played 16 years for the Chicago Bears. Oh, okay. Pat Manley Award. Oh, this is a new award, right? One of the award winners. The first award winner, I believe, is Thomas Fletcher, who was selected by the Carolina Panthers in the sixth round from Alabama. You know way too much. Um, The Patrick Manley Award. Patrick Manley. Okay, here we go. So this uh, was introduced uh, in 2019 because Chandler raised such a stink about it. They finally <laughs> started recognizing That's it. That's written in the Wikipedia page, by the way. John Shannon won the first award. Notre Dame. <laughs> that is, you're sick. So, this is scary, actually. Thomas Fletcher. Alabama. Who you just named. Carolina Panther. 
All right. Do you think you can name where the 2020, 2020, that's how I say 2021, oh. 2021, uh, Patrick Manley. So what year is that? 2020 or 2021? 2020, 2021. Ah, okay. It's right there in the name. If I say his name, can you tell me what school he attended? Okay. His name is Cal Adamitz. A-D-O-M-I. Oh, Adamitis. A-D-O-M-I-T-I-S. Adamitis. Is it like is U- a case of Adamitis? Like Utah State or somewhere like that? Close, because it is in the United States of America. Pittsburgh is what I was looking for. Uh, I don't Pittsburgh. know who that guy is, man. Relatively, if you look at the entire galaxy in the world, you were pretty close. You were a few states off. So hey, it's not I bad. was right there in the wheelhouse. <laughs> you were. <laughs> I mean, Which is America. In the general vicinity. You know, West, Western Hemisphere. You got that. Yeah, yeah. So you are our... Uh, Above the equator. Why are we talking about this? Oh, because East Carolina has had a couple of long snappers transfer. Slade Roy, who we are attempting to get on the show at some point this week. I thought we I thought we booked him. Well, we, we've got to the point where he said he'd probably be available today and I hadn't heard from him. So we're close. We're kind of like you saying Utah State and the answer was Pittsburgh. Oh, very we're, close. We're close. We're very close. We then. just hadn't locked it down yet. <laughs> I mean, he's probably busy getting to know his no his new family family down in baton rouge family. liam crowley also on the move what do we know where he's ended up not not uh not as far as i know <laughs> okay so no would be that answer <laughs> but he might be close i mean he, he might be close to making a decision you cracked me up because when he asked you that you immediately looked down looked to your left yeah, looked like, to your you right like you had in front of you i was like are, what <laughs> no. are you looking what for you? exactly <laughs> just looking at empty air <laughs> i was like did you write it on your hand hold, or on, hold on somebody's in my ear um no, not that i know of no all right um so there's a spot open we know a long snapper right here he has graduated from east carolina mm-hmm. but you have an undergrad degree chandler correct that's right you could get into grad school and become ECU's next long snapper. Now, we have an announcement to make. ECU, there has been a a human. I'll even say this, a Caucasian male, which you are, that has committed to East Carolina. What are you doing? I'm putting on the hat. <laughs> So, would you like to make this announcement? Who is who is the new commit to East Carolina as the long snapper? What is his name? It is Alex Harper. That's not your name. No, it's not. Ah, uh, Alex Harper, North NC Central's Alex Harper. He said, "I would like to announce my commitment to East Carolina football. Blessed to wear the real purple and gold." Uh, he says in a statement. He was born and raised in the great city of Greenville, North Carolina. Where did he go to high school? He went to Rosewood High School. So he was born and raised, and then where's Rosewood? Goldsboro. Goldsboro. Okay. So did not play high school. It's in like Utah Greenville. and Pennsylvania. Right, right, right. And it's right, really right, close. Right, 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 right. Once again, in the general vicinity. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on on Twitter right now saying. We what? want Chandler Honeycutt. We want Chandler Honeycutt. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think there's actually a crowd outside the Pi Radio Studios right now. So like, we please, want Honeycutt. Example, Toby says, just when I thought Chan was going to get a shot, oh, well, I guess he's stuck with 
clip and Shirley. Redbeard said, sorry, Chandler. Uh, hold on. There could be a long snapper competition. There's still there's winter workout, spring ball, summer camp, fall camp. There's a lot a lot of time between now and September when East Carolina takes on NC State. This does not ruin your shot at being on the team. I just want to put that out there. No. You haven't retired, have you? Nope. Officially. I have I, not put in my papers. I have not seen an announcement. So Chandler still could potentially be the long snapper. He'll just have some competition. That's it. I do want to point out that Donnie Kirkpatrick and Trip Weaver, who, as Chandler noted, have and, nothing to do with special teams, <laughs> like the tweet. And that means a lot. Of Chandler long snapping a ball to Troy D yesterday. So there's there's something happening here. Just uh, just making you aware. All right, let's uh, let's get to the Pirate Radio Live Line. We'll wrap up the hour talking some NFL. Just kidding, some NBA because the Hornets play basketball. Spencer Percy joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. His first appearance in 2022. Spencer, Happy New Year! How you doing, man? Happy New Year to you as well. Doing well. Can't complain. Uh, appreciate you having me back on. Nice uh, finish to 2021 for the Hornets. It has not been the best start to 2022 for charlotte as they uh begin by losing a couple in a row get blown out at home by the suns on sunday and i hate the back-to-back spencer but i did feel like the the hornets would bounce back respond in a big way they did it uh, at least for one quarter the second quarter last night against washington but things got away from them in the fourth so they lose two straight to start the new year uh well, what's happened these last couple of games uh for charlotte two different games but but two losses for the hornets yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it starts on the defensive end. You know, it's been Charlotte's struggle all year, and you know, going up against Phoenix, that's that's much different than going up against Washington, the team they lost to last night. You know, Phoenix is just so so connected, so well tied together. You know, it starts with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and uh, just how much synergy that that squad has on the offensive end of the floor was in full display. I think on Charlotte a few nights ago. Um, you know, last night in Washington, I thought, you know, offensively, obviously the Hornets were much better knocking down some shots. You know, you, you mentioned the second quarter. That was a, a really impressive <clears throat> offensive quarter for Charlotte and Miles Bridges. You know, bully ball, Miles kind of on full display. But, again, the defense, um, you know, let the bugs down. And it's been a reoccurring theme all season long. And so they clean things up on that end. I mean, the ceiling can really only be so high for Charlotte. Um, boy, I could go into a lot of detail. It, it is a lack well, of effort, I think, where, where it has to start. And, and yeah, go ahead. I was, I was going to ask, you know, team defense, are there really, are there individuals who are uh, just playing poor defense? You know, when you can you detail that at all? Like, well, what is the issue there? Yeah, I mean... And I've seen you call out transition defense on your videos on Twitter. I mean, it's a little bit of everything, it sounds like. It is. It is. I mean, the Hornets, like, in the half court, they're like, anywhere from the 20th in the league to 22nd in the league, I think, on cleaning the glass, which takes out garbage time. As a half court defense, you know, they're they're a little slightly below average, I guess, in 22nd. But transition is is at transition defense is just killing the Hornets. They are by a country mile the worst transition defense in the association, and that is effort. I mean, you know, you turn the ball over, the other team gets it going the other way. If they're grabbing it off the defensive glass and pushing the tempo, you just kind of want to get back. 
and, and keep the ball in front of you. I mean, this is elementary, you know, <laughs> basketball one-on-one kind of stuff. And, and it's, it's not, not getting through to these guys. Um, I think it always has to start with the players. You know, they're the ones that have to motivate themselves. But I think it is fair to also scratch your head at this point and wonder <clears throat> with this consistent struggle in the defensive end, you know, James Borrego, what, what is what is the long-term solution here? What's, what are we trying on that end of the floor? And I think that remains a that remains to be a little bit confusing um, to me. So, but as you said, it's everything, Cliff. I mean, these guys consistently, you know, blow rotations, don't communicate enough in the half court. Simple assignment. I think their scheme, they make it too hard on themselves sometimes. You know, they like to play this junky style of zone switching scheme, but but they also don't communicate, so it's really hard to execute a switching scheme when you don't talk to each other. It's, it's really a combination of a lot of things. It's, I'm not sure what the fix is. It's a personal issue. I think, it's, again, it's fair to ask if it's a coaching issue as well. So, I guess the trade deadline, you know, that's the one thing the Hornets, if they're going to do anything, they have to shore up the defensive end. Spencer Percy, Busby Podcast, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. And let's talk about some positives uh, from, from 2021 heading into the new year and then the second half of the season. And this roster, Spencer, is fun uh, night in, night out. Of course, LaMelo Ball is going to give you uh, a whole lot of fun and, and a lot of highlights. But, uh, you know, Gordon Hayward is on sometimes, off sometimes. Miles Bridges is a, a human highlight reel. I've really, I've really enjoyed Kelly Oubre. I know he takes some dumb shots at times. He can do some things to to make you say, "What's he doing out there?" But I, I love his game. He is a really fun player. And then Cody Martin uh, has been uh, tremendous this year, and people talking about him as like a, a most improved player candidate uh, for this team. So you've had a, a ton of bright spots this year. Uh, for Charlotte, and it's got them at, at 19 and 19 right now. You almost, you, you just with all the potential on this team, you, you wish they could could you know get over that hump, do a little more, win a game at the end, uh, like last night's game against Washington. But there have been some bright spots and some fun basketball this year. Oh, no question. I mean, it, this is a super fun team. I think you know a lot of people across the league would would say it's you know it is one of the most fun products. To watch, um, you know, you brought up Oubre. He's he's been good. He's kind of remade his career this year on what was somewhat of a goodwill, you know, deal. Um, he's been a better outside shooter than I think many expected. So he's he's played a really important bench role. I, Brian Geisinger, one of my co-hosts on Buzzbeat, uh, the podcast, said it best. You know, Oubre's really been a godsend for the Hornets in, in certain games this year, but he's, but he's not a guy you can depend on every single night. Yeah, you kind of feel that when you watch him. You know, you referenced it. Not always the prettiest. He does some dumb stuff out there, but sometimes it works. He's just one of those guys. Um, you know, Lamelo is exciting. Miles Bridges, obviously, you know, the most electric dunker in the league. And I mean, this team's super athletic. I mean, I think that's really what sets them apart. When they decide they want to run, uh, they get up and down. That's what makes them fun, um, and that's what's going to continue to make them fun. I, I just wonder, <clears throat> you know, windows open and close in this league so fast. And I know Charlotte's not 10 games above 500 or anything like that, but it does feel like a team that's you know so dynamic offensively that you can imagine there's a scenario where they could win a playoff series. And, and so I, I just really think about a lot 
how aggressive is this front office going to be at the trade de- trade deadline? I mean, hmm. there's one obvious name, Miles Turner, who I think could really help this defense immediately. But, you know, that's, that's the age-old question for every team in this league. You know, if, if you feel like you got a chance to win the postseason, you should probably try to make your team better immediately and not say, ah, well, we're a year away. Because you never know what could happen, whether it be injury. You know, Miles Bridges is going to enter free agency this summer. You don't know how that's going to play out. So, I just I think if you're a Hornets fan or even a casual one, the most interesting thing we got coming up is, is the trade deadline and how aggressive Jordan and Kupchak might try to be. Talking to Spencer Percy today on Pirate Radio Live Busby Podcast. And Spencer, if you, you watch basketball night in, night out, this stuff makes sense to you. If you are a casual fan, you know, to see in the Eastern Conference, especially the Bulls, I don't know if anybody had them on top, but looking at the Western Conference, to see Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, Memphis, that's your top four. You're missing teams like both LA teams up at the top. Uh, Dame and the Blazers, San Antonio, they're down uh, there in the standings in the Western Conference. So I don't know. How much uh, has this thing gone like you thought it would with the teams at the top? Or or how many surprises are there right now in the NBA as we uh, get into this new year? Well, I mean, you know, Memphis being top four in the West, I mean, I think that's certainly a surprise. You know, especially when you consider Morant was out for a lot of their of their run, their success. Now he's back. You know, they had a big win in Brooklyn last night. Um, so I think they're they're a team to watch. They go eleven or twelve deep. <laughs> you know, Morant's the only star I would say on that team. Jaron Jackson Jr. is another name to watch. But the rest of the you know their guys are just super super duper solid rotation NBA guys. You know, Desmond Bain's really made a jump this year. So. That's a team that I love watching. I actually do think they have the stuff to make a run in a not not your traditional, uh, really powerful Western Conference this year. Um, you know, beyond that, the Eastern Conference has been really interesting. I think you have to look at Chicago and say that they've surprised most. I think, I think there were some folks out there that really liked the DeRozan contract, the signing, bringing him in. Um, next to Levine, but I don't think anybody saw them being, you know, the number one team in the East coming up to the all-star break. So, but it does appear to be real. I mean, DeRozan has been, he's an all-star and I think he's going to start the Eastern Conference all-star team. So really been cool to watch kind of a revival season from him. Um, And then in the East, you know, beyond that in the East, it's like, all right, when will the Bucs get full strength? Still waiting on that. Had a really weird loss to Detroit last night at home. And then, you know, obviously KD, Irving, Harden, will we see those three together for Brooklyn this season when it matters? I think we do, and they're all locked in, um, and they're on the same page. I still think Brooklyn has to be the favorite. Yeah, fascinating if they can all get together, put it together, be on the court uh, when the games really matter at the end of the season. Talking to Spencer Percy. Spencer, while we got you here, uh, I know you follow Virginia basketball. How has uh, Jaden Gardner fit in with the uh, the Cavaliers this year? I know they're not having uh, the best season ever, but how, how's Jaden doing there in Charlottesville? Well, Jaden's, uh, you know, he's he's their one low-post, mid-post, you know, scoring threat. I mean, Virginia, once again this season, is a team that really struggles to score. Um, I've been impressed with Jaden, his, his feel around the basket. You know, he can play some bully ball. You know, he's not a great athlete, not a vertical athlete, rather, but you know, he can catch the ball in that mid-post. He's got pretty good footwork. and He can just put his shoulder in somebody's chest, move him, and he's got some touch around the basket. So he's been important for Virginia this year. Really, really big shot 
late in the game at Syracuse the other night to help Virginia get that win on the road. Um, You know, going against that 2-3 zone, he was important catching it in the middle. So, they're thin. You know, Virginia, again, they don't have many scores, so Jaden's really helped them from that perspective. Um, And Virginia wants to slow the game down, so you you want a bruiser like him. Uh, So, I'm I'm bullish on what he'll be in the ACC. You know, I think that he's he's still learning this system defensively. East Carolina's defensive system, Virginia's defensive system was required of you, very, very different. So he's still learning how to play in the pack line, learning how to stay locked in, you know, for 25 seconds on that end. But I really liked his offensive ability. And uh, not, as you mentioned, not not the greatest Virginia team ever, but coming off that win against Syracuse the other night, uh, they're at Clemson tonight. So still think they can be an average to slightly above average team in a mediocre ACC this year. Spencer Percy joining us. We'll wrap it up uh, looking at the Hornets. Got the Pistons coming up on Wednesday. That's got to be a, a, a get-right game uh, for Charlotte, right? Go ahead and, uh, and get a win over Detroit at home. And then you got back-to-backs at home with Milwaukee. Kind of a weird scheduling quirk there Saturday and Monday before they go on the road to Philadelphia. So opportunity to, to kind of feel good about yourselves, hopefully, on Wednesday against Detroit, right? Yeah, you would hope so. Uh, you would have thought Milwaukee felt the same way last night. as <laughs> Detroit uh, beats them up there, which is quite the shocker. I watched in that game. Um, Hayden Cunningham, if you're going to watch the game tomorrow night uh, in Charlotte, that, he's really coming on uh, quietly as a rookie. Um, so, yeah, but you're absolutely right. Charlotte's got to win that game. They can't They can't make Detroit at home the third loss of the three-game losing streak. So you got to have that one. And I do feel like Spencer this year, and then I guess they lost on the road in a wild one to Houston. Uh, that, that that was a crazy game. But I feel like more so than years past, the Hornets have taken care of business against lesser teams this year. Uh, do you, is that factually correct? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. The big, the big difference with Charles this year is just late in games. I, I mean, I think that's they really missed Devontae Graham. You know, in those kind of situations, hmm. they haven't been as good of a clutch team. So, but I think you're dead on. I think that Charlotte has surprised, gotten some surprising wins at home this year, and I think, like you said, they've taken care of business. So that you got to get it done uh, against Detroit at home this morning. If people want more uh, Hornets content, uh, Spencer, what do they need to do? Where do they need to go? Yeah, I would say you know it's got to start at Buzzbeat Pod. Um, you can find myself. Randall, Brian Geisinger, Lee Branscombe. You know, we've we've break down a lot of film, either night of games or, or the next day. So I would say check that out. And then uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at QCH Spencer. Spencer, always enjoy it, man. We'll uh, catch up later on this season, talk more Hornets basketball with you. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road, man. All right, Cliff. Take care, man. Spencer Percy, BuzzBeat Podcast, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live, talking NBA. We'll talk some college hoops when we return with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. There's been so many postponements, cancellations in sports. It is very refreshing to see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Nine games involving top 25 teams tonight in college basketball. A lot of ACC action as well. And uh, we talked to Joe Dooley earlier. We'll talk to Cy Seymour later. Looks like we'll get some uh, AAC basketball coming up on Wednesday night, hopefully in Menchie's Coliseum as East Carolina is said to take on Tulane, Houston, South Florida, Temple, UCF coming up on Wednesday as well as uh, hopefully these basketball teams getting things under control 
COVID wise, and uh, we can actually watch some some live sports uh, here in Greenville. Great slate of games tonight. We'll go over that. There is a bowl game tonight, folks. I don't know how many of you are aware of this. There is a random bowl game. LSU and the family taking on Kansas State tonight. And they are down a lot of players. I think I saw they only have 39 available players tonight. Though that being LSU. The family. The family. They are a wounded family at this point and uh, big underdogs to K-State. We'll talk about that, the college basketball action, and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. You're also looking for someone to service your vehicle. They have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, uh, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway and Bells Fort, at Bell's Fork, I should say, and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. Great sports night tonight. Uh, a lot of games. So let's talk about them with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. A lot to get into with the big man with uh, a lot of college basketball games as he joins us for the first time in 2022. Big man, happy new year to you. How you doing? same to you how are you clip hey doing great uh, first of all maybe we'll, we'll i doubt we'll get into much nfl but uh congratulations your eagles knock off my football team on sunday and are heading to the playoffs uh and and maybe you jeff uh, expected this year but i don't know many that had philly uh playing postseason this year so congrats to to you philly folk yeah, I don't think anyone expected it. Sirianni ended up doing a really nice job. He committed to running the football. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been good enough. You know, Gardner Minshew came in and won them a game. Um, you know, the defense has done enough. They, they've created turnovers, which is something that they weren't doing. Uh, yeah, ultimately, it's a good year. Still three first-round picks, and uh, you know, now we kind of see how they can do in the playoffs. But um, you know, they got to improve a little bit. But yeah, I think everything that happens from here is is a bonus. I'm pumped. I'm ready for the playoffs. Uh... Wish we could just bypass this week 18 and get right to it, but it, it is wide open this year and uh, and really looking forward to that. Uh, we'll get into, uh, we'll see if you have any thoughts on the championship and college football, but Jeff, great slate of games uh, on tap for tonight in college basketball as uh, a lot of top 25 action, a lot of ACC action. I don't even know where to begin, so uh, I don't know. Well, what's standing out to you about this uh, slate of basketball games tonight? Yeah, one game that jumps out uh, to me, really, I pointed it out right away. I bet this myself. Uh, Marquette, um, you got to ask why. They're a favorite tonight. They're, they've lost four straight games, five of six. Only win was against Kansas State, who, uh, you know, they, they beat by one. You know, nothing special there. But, you know, five of six they've lost. You know, now they get a Providence team coming in. It's 13-1. and one, Haven't lost since November 23rd before Thanksgiving Marquette's a one-point favorite tonight. Something's going on there. I'm always going to be on Marquette in this situation. I actually, quite frankly, don't think they're a real bad team. They're actually good at home. Uh, they play with a lot of uh, tempo, which I think can 
bother Providence, who I don't love offensively. I think this is a good spot to back uh, Shaka and Marquette tonight. Look, I don't love Marquette long term, but um, I think they're in a good position tonight. I also like uh, Texas tonight. Uh, this number's been moving up, but there's a reason for that clip. Uh, Kansas State has all sorts of COVID issues. Uh, their leading scorer, Marks Noel's out. One of their big seven-footers, Davion Bradford's out. And according to Weber, there's a few other players that will not play tonight either. So uh, this is a really tough spot. Texas is playing well. Clip, you look at every win Texas has had this year. That's come. They've come all by seven or more points. Um, when they beat you, they beat you. They win by double digits, and that's something that Chris Beard is very good at. So uh, I like uh, both these plays tonight. Uh, interesting, Jeff. Uh, just curious, and then this is kind of a uh, – I don't know. This is why we have you on the show. If that Marquette line was, say, Providence by three and a half, I mean, would you do you like that one solely because of what the line says? Is that is that why you're going with that one? Yeah, I mean, I've done this a long time. Yeah, uh, I've seen these spots many times before, uh, and, and I think it's just you know, it, it, conference play does something for you, you know. And, and when we look at Marquette, I mean. They've lost three straight games in conference. It's time to start sounding. They really need this game. Yeah. This is a game where, and you look at the next couple of games, they can get back on track. I mean, Georgetown's very beatable. DePaul's not great. Seton Hall's got uh, injury issues. So, you know, this is a huge game. This is about as big a game for a team on January 4th that you'll see. Jeff, uh, let's look at some ACC, and and Wake Forest flies under the radar in everything. We talked about it during the football season. Steve Forbes has come in, and they were you know bottom of the barrel in the the ACC. They're eleven and three. They're home favorites tonight against Florida State, and uh, it looks like the turnaround is under progress there with the Demon Deacons and Forbes. Uh, but how about their start to the year? They're one and two in the ACC, but home favorites tonight. I know we talked about Florida State. You said, uh, or we said, I think, that this isn't one of Leonard Hamilton's best teams. So how about the Demon Deacons uh, laying a point and a half tonight against uh, the Seminoles? Yeah, they've been great. I mean, I, I have to say, uh, Steve Forbes is quite the coach. LaRavia and Williams have been awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to rain on the parade, but, I, I mean, when we really look at it, who the hell have they beaten? I mean, hmm. the best win is, I guess, Vautech and Northwestern, solid wins. But Virginia Tech's probably the most inconsistent Jekyll and Hyde team you'll find in the country. It seems like every time this group has stepped up, they've lost. And you know, what do we know about Florida State? I mean, they've kind of just been hidden. 7-4, and four, they haven't really played well in any of their step-ups, but they've won two in a row. Uh, they seem back to full strength. Malik Osborne, Caleb Mills, Raekwon Evans is good to go. Um, they're starting to get more from from some of these kids they brought in in Fletcher and Cleveland. Um, it's a tough one for me. I, I like Wake a lot, but uh, Florida State is gigantic as usual, number one in the country in height. Um, I, I think Florida State's kind of on the way up, and I think Wake, I think they kind of keep, go back to normal a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Virginia Tech, and I was looking at this game tonight from the other side the the nc state side this is a team that is uh seven and seven they're zero and three in the acc they're three losses they lost a tight one to louisville they lost to miami by eight but that game was back and forth with about three four minutes left to go and then uh florida state they lose by two in that one so three tight losses virginia tech around a nine and a half point favorite tonight at home 
against uh, NC State. And just following NC State over the years, this would be typical Wolfpack to be 0-3, to lose those tight ones at home and and lose one on the road to Miami and then go out and beat Virginia Tech. I don't know. I kind of like NC State plus the points tonight, Jeff. And with you saying Virginia Tech is so up and down and the way NC State plays just about everybody close, it makes me like the Wolfpack even more tonight. Yeah, very astute uh, point by you. I I, I agree. Uh, Virginia Tech is so volatile. Uh, You know, when you shoot as many threes as they do and you're as dependent on threes as they are, um, you're either going to, you know, and you look at some of their scores. I mean, they're pretty pretty interesting. Like, they'll be a a team, you know, like St. Bonaventure by, you know, what, 30? (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, and then then they lose to Wake by 19, and uh, you know they've lost to Memphis this year. Uh, they're just volatile. Yeah, really volatile. It's weird. Uh, like one night clip, they scored 93 against Cornell. Four nights later, they failed to score 60 against Dayton. Like this, they're really, really volatile. And you look at NC State. Like I think the issue with them is right now. I mean, they're just kind of mired in, in a bit of a slump. Um, you know, most of the games though have been closed. Yeah. Um, with the volatility, yeah, I don't have a problem with NC State. Uh, they don't turn it over, and, and that's helpful in a game like this. Well, another one that just stands out. You know, how, how elite is Duke this year? Are they, you know, eighteen and a half point favorites against Georgia Tech? Elite uh, Georgia Tech doesn't have a great record. Uh, hung around, but lost the other night to Louisville uh, in a three point game. I don't know. That seems like a lot of points to me. Is Duke that good, uh, Jeff, or they can just go out and, and roll the Yellow Jackets tonight? I think they are. Okay. I mean, they've seemingly passed every test. I mean, they, they've beaten some other teams by margin that, that are kind of on Georgia Tech's level. I think this is a pretty bad Yellow Jacket team. You know, lost a lot of talent from last year, obviously, Jose Alvarado being namely number one. They just don't score real effectively. And a team that's you know, shot as well as they have from three. You have to figure that uh, is going to come back to, to kind of earth a little bit. I know they're dealing with some players out as well. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't really be running to bet on uh, on Georgia Tech tonight. Uh, Duke is a team that's really tough. And you look at a game that is kind of similar. I mean, Duke obviously has Bancaro, who's terrific. North Carolina has great bigs as well. LSU, too. USC all beat them handily. So, yeah, I feel like Duke, uh, you know, probably sets the number where they want to be. I would look more towards like a team total here for Duke, just because I expect them to score significantly. I don't want to be on the wrong side. A lot of this is a lot of points in a conference game, but I'd lean more towards the team total. That way, I don't have to worry about what happens at the end. Jeff, let's talk about the American. Uh, I know you're were high on UCF coming into the season, and they've had a, a great season. They were on a roll until losing at SMU, the Mustangs. Uh, playing pretty good as well but UCF's only losses on the year uh, to Oklahoma at Auburn and then that game on the road at SMU how about Tulane who's scheduled to play East Carolina Wednesday night as of right now that game is a go East Carolina has been on a a, a bit of a COVID break but Tulane Ron Hunter's team a bad non-conference I mean they lose five games six games in the non-conference they're five and six um or uh, what three and six uh non-conference they have a long layoff they come out they beat memphis i think memphis was a little undermanned but look they beat memphis that's a that's a pretty good win for tulane they follow that up with a road win at cincinnati now i don't know how how fluky you can say that is to win those two back to back so what about this tulane team uh that we're going to see wednesday night any is this just a little uh a little mini run their own or can they actually do something this year jeff yeah, this Tulane team's weird. I mean, this is a group that lost to Southern University, <laughs> then came back, 
and played Florida State really tight in Tallahassee, then beat Drexel, then lost to teams like Valpo and Charleston twice. Then they come back and beat Memphis and Cincinnati in conference play. Uh, weird team, uh, great coach. I love Ron Hunter. He's yeah. a ton of talent on this team, and he's been really good. Jalen Cook's been great, the transfer from uh, LSU. Uh, yeah, you know, I think they have a big advantage here. I mean, East Carolina, as you know, hasn't played since you know, December 21st. I mean, that's uh, over two weeks ago by the time they play tomorrow night. So not ideal, um, but I've told you before, I, I did not expect East Carolina to be this effective. I think they've been actually quite good. Um, and, and that's something I didn't expect. Uh, Joe Dooley's done a great job with this group. And, you know, the great thing about conference playing, a team like East Carolina is super – both these teams are dangerous because Tulane started out really well, and East Carolina hasn't played conference play yet. So both have a lot on their minds. I think East Carolina long-term could be a real tough out. I think this is a close game. I'd probably give the edge a little bit to Tulane. But, you know, East, you can kind of fade it back and say, well, we're at home here. You know, so um, we've had some rest at, at any rate. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think this is a tough game. It wouldn't be a game I'd be betting on. Now, Cliff, I will say, uh, you mentioned um, quickly uh, UCF. Yeah. I actually bet on them the first time they played Temple, beat them badly, beat them by 17 in Philadelphia. Now you're getting uh, UCF at home here, off a loss uh, against Temple here at home. I think they're going to probably be, I'd say, a 10-point favorite. Temple right now has major issues uh they can't score look clip i had temple on sunday against houston i watched that game yeah and i was following your uh your twitter as well <laughs> bro did how did temple cover yeah oh, no clue like this is a team that hasn't shot 30 percent this year from three and was just money the other night from three you know what i took uh in that game jeff and why i was following it i took very early on temple the under under 50 no under 59 and a half i think i think they ended with like 61 points right like i was really close to it and they went on these long droughts and then would score you know 10 points in a minute and a half it was crazy yeah they're kind of uh beat up right now i mean jake forrester's not playing ty strickland's not playing they were 10 for 27 from three 37 which is not a norm for them i'm gonna guess they don't shoot that way again plus ucf I'm going to tell you right now, Clip. I think this team is going to win the uh, win win the AAC with Houston's issues injury wise, and hmm. Memphis has got issues. I think I think this UCF team is really good. Um, Temple's in a bad way right now. I, I I don't think they're going to get what they got the other night. I think uh, UCF cruises here. Huge uh, college basketball night tonight, Jeff. There is a bowl game tonight, folks. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. not paying attention, LSU Kansas State with K State is a seven point favorite total in the upper 40s in that one and then uh of course you got georgia alabama jeff how much uh are you paying attention tonight and also who do you like in the rematch of uh georgia and bama coming up yeah i mean if you're i mean if you're keeping track at home lsu is pummeled i mean a lot of players out a lot of players now i will say that that i mean missouri and sec team had a lot of players out and they were able to cover against army when you look at K State, you gotta have you're gonna have to imagine this is a big game. They're they're really excited about this one. Skylar Thompson's back. Deuce Vaughn's playing. He's terrific. Defensively, they're good. I think there's a lot of reason for excitement from this group. This is a great uh, recruiting opportunity if you're Chris Kleiman. Keep in mind for LSU, their top two tacklers are out. Um, a ton of players up front. B.J. Ojolari, their sack leaders out. Mason Smith and Jacqueline Roy are out. Their best defensive tackles. Deuce Vaughn's going to run wild there. And this is a defense that 
quite honestly, wasn't very good to begin with. I mean, they gave up almost 26 points a game and over 370 yards per game. So, uh, look, I think K-State cruises. The problem clip with this number is, I mean, you're, you're not getting a great price here. It's up to 7.5. Mm-hmm. Do I think K-State win by double digits? Yeah. What I did, Clip, quite honestly, is I did a teaser. I teased this down. I got it at 6.5, teased it to pick them. I teased it with North Dakota State in their championship game against Montana State. All they got to do is win. I'm confident with that one as well. As far as the rematch... I'm still I'm still looking through this one clip. All right, we'll uh, we'll ask you that one on Thursday, big man. We'll talk uh, maybe some more uh, NFL, definitely some college hoops, little Bama, Georgia, and more when we reconvene on Thursday. What all do you got going on uh, now, Jeff? Uh, your basketball podcast back? Yeah, so I have uh, big man on basketball is back. The first episode is out now. You can find it on my YouTube channel, Big Man on Betting. Uh, we did a great show with Jim Brew from Three Man Weave. That'll be out every Tuesday. I'm also on Patreon, patreon.com slash BMOC, and uh, the sit-down podcast is back. We were off last week. We've got clip a huge episode. If you're new to the genre, a good episode tomorrow. We're going to talk about Paul Vario. Paul Vario is the uh, individual Paulie in Goodfellas. We're going to oh, yeah. a real story of Paul Vario is his name, not Paul Cicero, like the film. Uh, one of the most powerful people in the history of Lucchese crime family. We're going to talk about him and some of the exploits of Goodfellas, so make sure you check that out. A lot going on for me, but uh, I like to stay busy, Clip. Yes, sir. Jeff, great to catch up with you, man. Enjoy the hoops tonight, and we'll uh, talk to you later on this week. Appreciate that, Clip. Thanks. Uh, Talk to you next week. Jeff Nadeau joining us to kick off 2022. Fired up for some basketball tonight. Got a little football talk in there as well and uh, we'll reconvene with him on thursday and uh, talk more about week 18 of the nfl georgia uh bama still crunching the numbers there and uh, a lot more college basketball too uh speaking of odds when we return i I saw an email that i got uh from some dude from sportsbetting.ag the odds on what ben roethlisberger does next We'll go over the odds uh, when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Also, talk to Cy Seymour. We've had a lot of talk with Cy with no games being played. We'll do it again when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Every time this player is in the news, I return to my immaturity and think about a, a joke. Would you like me to pick on Chandler or CJ, Shirley? CJ's raising his hand. We'll go CJ. <laughs> Uh, some NFL news. Adam Schefter reporting that the Bears have waived defensive back D. Virgin from their practice squad. Uh, CJ, wasn't that your nickname in high school? Hi, 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 hi,
<laughs> he just walked out. I mean, I just, he's done. <laughs> Roasted, toasted, burned. Would you like some jam with that toast? Needed to walk out in the hallway a minute to cool down. That was quite the burn. <laughs> somebody get some uh, some medical attention to somebody, CJ. Somebody, somebody get some aloe vera for that burn. I swear, like I keep seeing this guy's name, and every time I want to tweet, like, "Hey, Chandler, wasn't that your nickname in high school?" <laughs> hey, fill in the blank. What is it? I just can't stop myself. It's a sickness. It's a it's disease. Just, it's a joke that's got headlights on it. You just cannot avoid it. D Virgin, what a name! And he has uh, been waived. And Adam Schefter is reporting that he's been waived from their practice squad. Is he reporting this just because he knows it's going to get a lot of attention? Do you report on every guy released from a practice squad? Oh no, he definitely got that for clout. Yeah, because it was at four. Th- it was three minutes ago, and the numbers are just like popping up as I speak. It's already got a thousand likes, two hundred and fifty quote tweets, one hundred and one retweets for a, a guy that's on a practice squad. So yeah, that's can... definitely all for clout. <laughs> all right, let's uh, head out to the Pirate Radio Live Line and can we please play basketball on Wednesday night? We'll talk to Sai Seymour about it. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. Sai, Happy New Year! How you doing? Happy New Year, Cliff. I hope you've had a good New Year, safe New Year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, man, really looking forward to some pirate hoops and looking forward to any kind of ECU athletics uh, right now. So we had our first show of the year back live yesterday and said that during our break, we had no ECU football, obviously, with the Military Bowl being canceled, no ECU women's basketball, and, of course, no ECU men's basketball. We previewed a game last week, Si, that never took place against Wichita State, and we got our fingers and toes crossed that we can finally get back to some basketball coming up Wednesday night. Well, you're right, and that's what you're doing. I think, really, the month of January is the big month for this Omicron variant. And uh, if you get through this, uh, and really, I think the Mid-Atlantic states, we're probably in the heat of it right now. So if we get through this, I think we've got a chance. But it, I think it's going to be tough sledding for for a lot of schools. We're just, you know, I read the other day it was like 102 cancellations so far. And that was a week ago. Probably been more. No telling what it's been now. But that's how it's, it's really been a tough variant for teams that are traveling on planes or or being, uh, you know, in contact, it's really difficult. Yeah, and, and talked about it with Coach Dooley earlier that it was like, it was a, a perfect storm side with the, you know, school being out and the holidays, and and you're not able to to really quarantine at all or get your team uh, together and away from from contact, and that's uh, why you're seeing a lot of these cases pop up. I would imagine. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. I mean, really. You're just stuck right now. That's 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 the whole problem. This whole thing is everybody's trying to just do the best they can in a difficult situation. It's very hard. Aside from what you know, uh, you know how much has the the team been able to to get together and practice? I guess uh, what it's been a lot of uh, individual work. Maybe it sounds like we're we're back uh, to where we were, you know, last year with this thing. I think that I think you're right. I think every now and then you will get everybody if you're lucky, or you might get five, or you might get seven, and, and then managers come in and play. I mean, <laughs> it, it's rare. It's very very difficult for for coaches right now to prepare and get ready. And I, I don't think people understand how bad it was last year. 
you know, they talk about ECU had a rough year. It was a tough year. I'm just telling you, if you just happen to get caught at the wrong time last year, the month of January and February, Joe couldn't even practice with him for a long time. And, we, and it, these, there were some games he could have won that he wasn't even, he didn't get to go to Tulane. He didn't get to practice with the team for a long time. It was it's just it's tough. And I hope we can get through it better this year. Cy Seymour joining us. Well, Cy, there has been some games played, and Tulane uh, has been able to get in, in in those games, and they had a rough non-conference with a losing record, but they start 2-0 and in league play, including a, a victory over Memphis. So Tulane right now are uh, going to come in here on Wednesday night, 2-0 and with wins over Memphis and on the road at Cincinnati. And Ron Hunter, I'm a Ron Hunter fan mostly because of the personality, what we see on the sideline lines uh the the sense of humor the theatrics but i guess he's a pretty darn good basketball coach too side this Tulane team again rough non-conference uh had a layoff but since then have played some good basketball well you're you're right and ron hunter is an excellent coach you know he spent eight years uh in that last job at, at Georgia state seven of those years he won and six years he went to postseason play i mean his son, R.J., I know you can remember when they went to the NCAAs and got a win in the first round. Uh, but he is a good basketball coach. That's what you got to understand. He took this Tulane job. He's his third year. And, and he said, I, I didn't come here to lose. And he'll, he'll have them right. He played a Memphis team. And, again, when you look at Memphis, Memphis came in there and they were missing both kids that are freshmen because of COVID protocol, the two top five draft choices, they did not play, nor did Williams, the 6'9 kid, who may be their best player. So they were missing three of the inside guys when they played Tulane, and and even then they lost only by one. But like you said, Ron Hunter's team was ready, he's guard strong, he could go to the hoop with them, and they didn't have the stoppers inside. Three of those guys didn't play, but that doesn't matter. Bottom line is he won, and then, don't take anything away, when you, when you win a road game in this league and he beat cincinnati that's a big time win no doubt talking to size seymour today on the pirate radio live line right now tulane sitting at two and oh smu also two and oh in the conference houston one and oh after knocking off temple on sunday kind of a a sleepy gym there in philadelphia temple kind of a struggling side and houston able to to pick up the road win they're 12th in the country right now 12 and 2 overall what's the the ceiling for for houston is this a final four team that the kelvin sampson has I, you know two weeks ago i would have said yes <laughs> but when you lose sasser yeah who's your best player who's averaging 19 a game and you lose the two guard with him that was his highest recruit ever a six six guard he lost both those kids he was averaging 12 a game. So you lost two kids, and that's 32, 33 points that you lost. Hmm. And, they're, and they're perimeter people. I thought he did a good job just winning the other day. But Samson's got talent, and they're deep. But I, to be a Final Four team, you got to have everything. And, and, of course, losing Sasser with the toe injury. And then the other players, left-handed, he's 6'5", can really play. He tore his labrum, so he's out for the year. That's two major losses for that ball club. Uh, he'll he'll win his share of games, but to go deep, you got to have total quality. And losing Sasser and that young man, it, both kids, it's very difficult. We're talking about this a lot in football side, maybe more than uh, 
and even you know major league baseball with all the games you play not as much in basketball the, the teams at the end who can get hot in tournament play and also who's healthiest and we don't we don't talk about health a ton uh, when it comes to basketball but, that, but that's certainly a factor with these teams well and, and you know i think another factor we always talk about the bigs but good guard play in tournaments is essential you got to have the guys that won't turn it over that know when to stop set the offense up or go hard and then when they get fouled at the end of a game they can go to the line and get and, and you make the shot you know can you make the free throws and can you get it to those guards and, and so good guard play on that level makes a big difference down the stretch and, and i'm telling you he had the guards but they're gone now can your backup step up I'm talking about houston yeah uh, so that that's what you go through Cy, you've been in it long enough now as a coach and as an announcer to see the shifts uh, in basketball, and now it's gotten further and further away from the basket. I mean, there was a time back when you were coaching where if you had the big man, you give him the ball, let him go to work and win basketball games. But, man, uh, everything's cyclical, right? Things uh, things change, and they have changed in basketball. They really have, and they've changed it. Uh, Look, when I first started, there was no shot clock. Okay, now, I'll just tell you the truth. We played that show on. They were loaded. They had three guys to finish one. I had two good guards. We held the ball, and with four minutes to go, the score was twelve to ten. Man, I'm just I'm just telling you. Yeah. The truth. I mean, do what you can to win, right? Yeah, exactly. We end up losing. I think we lost sixteen to twenty. You know, <laughs> uh, but, but but the bottom line is we played with what we had. Then, then the shot clock went to 45 seconds. Yeah. There was no three-point shot at this time. Then it went to 45, and now you've seen it come down to 30. And uh, and, and I'm just saying, we've seen that. But the evolution of the three-point ball is a major difference. When they first started, I'll never forget it, when we first started, teams were scared to take it. So the average number of shots from a three-ball was eight. Eight shots right. a game. Yeah. Now – you got to make eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to make twelve. Back then, at the beginning, it was you, you, they didn't get then they adapted. Then all of a sudden, you saw teams knocking down jumpers, and you said, "Wait a minute, we got to take this shot." <laughs> Good shot, and that's, it really did. And now it's emerges. It's essential. Now the difference is they have now moved it back further. Yeah, it's a, you know, and listen, that much difference. First of all, if you can hit them, and most of these kids adapt to it, but it also gives you a chance for the dribble drive, the high ball screen, and go to the basket because everybody's extending out on the defensive end an extra foot. It, it, believe it or not, that's all it takes in basketball. One extra foot to get there and make that layup. You know, like he gets over late and doesn't block the shot. Well, it's because he extended a little bit further out. It's crazy how it works. But you're right. The game has totally changed. It really has. And you touched on a little bit, Cy, but while we're on the topic, how radical was it uh, you as a a coach being involved in basketball when the three-point line came around? Like, Did you look at it as, well, what is this gimmick mess? We're not going to go out there and shoot. Or did did it it take you a while to to get adjusted to it as a coach? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You would say, okay, if you've got the open shot, take it. And it just if it happened to be over that line, they take it, and then you wait. Then you're seeing other teams, and you say, "Wait, well, we didn't take that shot," you know. Uh, and so, yeah, you're right. It was it was experimental for everybody, and then you got used to it, and you said, "You got to you got to be a part of this. You got to take that three. 
you know, if 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 it's at all possible. But in their first part of it, you were saying just run your offense, take the shots that are available. You know, yeah. And then you say, wait a minute, we we got we got set double screens and stagger screens, and uh, and we got we got we got to look at that three ball more. I mean, it's just part of it. So I see more joining us, and and with all the cancellations, postponements that have gone on, uh, actually got a good slate of games coming up tonight. As a lot of SEC, Big Twelve, Auburn is at South Carolina at six thirty. Number one Baylor at home against Oklahoma coming up tonight. Texas at K State, Kentucky at LSU, Seton Hall at Butler, Georgia Tech is at Duke, Kansas at Oklahoma State coming up tonight at 9 o'clock. So, Cy, you've actually got a slate of basketball games. This is uh, pretty refreshing to see after all the uh, the stoppages we've had. Yeah, I, I, you're right, and I hope we can continue to get them in. That's yeah. going to be the key. Yeah, it, it's great to see that. And, and you're right, just so many good games. Let's hope that we can get through them all. But you're right, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's refreshing to see games and people in stands. It's just really nice to see. Sai, who, uh, during this stoppage, I know you've been trying to watch sports as much as you can. Who, uh, what coaches, what players, what teams do you try to catch if they're on? I know you, you watch whatever, but anybody in particular you're watching this season? Well, anyone in, in, in the American I watch. You know, I like to see them. But you know what I love? I, I've, I've gotten to be a real fan of, and it's crazy. You know, Mike Netty was with us. Uh-huh. and then went to Ohio State. So I began to watch oh, the, the Big Ten, and that is a brutal league. I'm, I, you know, and I'm a, I'm a guy that grew up here, so I like the ACC. I like our league, the American. I like to see it. But I'm telling you, I watched them against Nebraska the other night, and I touched Nettie after the game, and I said, Sunday night, I said, you guys put a clinic on in the overtime, and they did. They hit three-pointers. That were people were in their face. They knocked them down, and and uh, Ohio State won. But about last night, Wisconsin uh, going on the road and, and beating the Boilers in the Big Ten. About that, yeah. I watched that last. Yeah, I watched that, and I'm, I'm sitting there watching that, and I'm saying, "Look at Wisconsin, how tough they are, and look at and, and you know, Purdue is tough, and I know Illinois is tough. I mean." I'm just looking at that league, and I'm thinking every day out it is. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, the American is not far off. It is a tough basket. I mean, let's get real. Cincinnati beat Illinois this yeah. year by twenty. By twenty, uh, this league is a this is a bare league we're in. It's just so much fun to watch. But I really like watching uh, Ohio State. I think they're physical. They're tough. But think, think about last year in the NCAA. You thought that league, they got seven or eight teams in, they do well. Guess what? They all got beat in the NCAA. <laughs> you just never know. Cy si Seymour <laughs> joining us. A si, couple more for you, and we'll let you run. Uh, Georgia-Bama rematch. Who you got coming up on Monday night? I, they can both both beat my Washington football team. That's true. I will say that. And, and once I saw Maryland play in the bowl game, I'm not sure they're the best team in the in that in that area. I think I think Maryland could <laughs> But uh Tough times. I, I'm taking Bama. Yeah, okay. Run. All right. I'm taking Bama. But it'll be a dog fight. Two great programs. Any thoughts on the uh that there's gonna be a new name for that Washington football team coming up on February the second. Uh you got any front runner side what you want it to be or do you care? Uh I don't really care. Yeah, I really don't care. I just like to see him win some games. I'm with you, man. I mean, 
it's so frustrating to watch them right now when you know and, and Rivera's doing a good job they're just not very good really and, and Cliff i tell you one thing I've learned more and more about football you better have a good quarterback it is uh, I told you know I, I got a lot of Panthers buddies and some of them just kind of got into it during the cam era and I was just I said look when you when you start doing the quarterback shuffle and you don't have that number one guy, it is a nightmare. And Washington has been doing that for years and years and years now. Listen, they even did it during the Gibbs years. Well, they won, what, three Super Bowls with three different QBs, right? Yeah, and they were all mediocre. I mean, really, truly, they were all mediocre quarterbacks. That doesn't happen. Yeah. He won three. I remember in the early 60s, they, were, they got a Heisman Trophy winner. And I thought, okay, the Redskins will be good. Because I was, I was 12 or 13, and that was the only game in town you watched the football game. Yeah. They were off. <laughs> and he was off. I mean, he just never and, – and they've never had one since that time period. The best quarterback probably, pro, pro, you know, I'm talking about ability, was Jordan. I'm talking about a guy that could really throw it. And, of course, Lombardi said to him, uh, Jerkson, you need to lose that weight. He said, I don't throw with my belly. <laughs> I mean, that's what Jerkson didn't hold back. I wish I could have watched him play. So I loved him on the uh, radio call growing up. Him and uh, Sam Huff and Herzog. Yeah. That was awesome. He's probably the most pure and, and really a great athlete. He's a great pitcher in baseball. I've seen them clips of him throwing the football behind his back 25, 30 yards. He was, really, he was a great basketball in the state of North Carolina. He's from Wilmington. Yeah. And a great uh, baseball player. He was just a great athlete. But he could throw that football. And I'm telling you, he was something else to watch. We need to uh, to find another one somewhere, Si. Maybe we will. All right, let's wrap it up with Pirate Hoops. Okay. Hopefully uh, back on the hardwood coming up Wednesday night against Tulane. And, and Si, we don't know you know, who's going to play and who's going to be available. But uh, I don't know. You, what are your keys to, to winning a basketball game when you hadn't played in so long Wednesday night? Well, I think you know it goes with each team that you play. I think with Tulane, they have great guards. Zion James and Jalen Cooker. Or, I mean, really, Cook was at LSU, and, and I'm telling you, he was the player of the year for the state of Louisiana. He transfers over and he's averaging 20 points a game. And his name is Cook. And he's that good, Jalen. You got to you got to control him, keep him in front of you, and also James. All these guys and Forbes is the other great. They've got really. I'm, not, I'm talking about different level of talent. Forbes came in from Alabama, and and uh, Cook came in from from uh, LSU. They have a, like six or seven different transfers. They got one from Asheville that he played sixty games in Asheville where he doubled double figures. Sixty different games he averaged uh, double figures in. So they've got other kids, but the key will be for East Carolina, can you handle uh, dribble penetration from these guards and you've got to shoot the three ball well. You've got to, and you cannot turn it over against this team. They will finish at the other end. So I think the keys will be to keep the guards in front of you, control the paint. You've got to do that. Don't turn it over. They're going to be some key parts of this game against a really good Tulane ball club. Ron yeah. Hunter and his staff have done a great job. Uh, man, really looking forward to it. Hoping we can see some basketball coming up Wednesday night, 7 o'clock in Minji's Coliseum. And we got to give Corey Glore another loss. Uh, he's 0-1 with Tulane. Lost in football since he went there, and now we got to beat him in hoops here. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that, I know Corey's excited. And he's oh, yeah. Good job. But, uh, yeah, we got to beat Corey. We can't let him come in here and brag on us. we got to whip him. Yes, sir. That sounds good. So I always enjoy it, man. Uh, hopefully we'll see you in Minji's. Have a great call if we do on Wednesday night, and we'll talk to you again soon. 
Yep, always good. Sassy Moore joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Hopefully we'll see and hear Sai uh, coming up on ESPN Plus uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, when and if uh, the Pirates take on Tulane. Let's take a timeout, come back, wrap up hour number two, back with a lot more to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. You can go to YouTube and search for Pirate Radio TV and subscribe today. You can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. And, of course, you can uh, watch the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter on game days during football season. Just go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and subscribe. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty, wrapping up our number two of the show. I just realized I didn't give the, uh, the Big Ben odds, did I? No, you did not. Let's do that real quick. I want CJ to hear this. <laughs> this is dumb, but it's uh, it's an email I got. Stephen Igo joins us in hour three, but he's here, so I might as well say hello, hey. Stephen. So you're free to chime in if you'd like. Okay. I appreciate you not speaking until introduced, though. You're welcome. Great guest etiquette from Stephen Igo. All right. Uh, this is from Josh Barton. Uh, sportsbetting.ag. Sounds illegal. Does, does I wouldn't guy- go there send you random emails too i guess it's in my like spam folder and he sends me emails and i don't know how he got my email i guess he just emails every person affiliated with sports across the country (laughs) he's a busy man he says ben roethlisberger likely played his last game at Hinesfield last night and with the steelers having less than a five percent chance of making the playoffs the two-time super bowl champions career will almost certainly come to an end on sunday so what's next on the career path of big ben a surefire future Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee who is expected to retire at season's end. Sportsbetting.ag set odds on Roethlisberger's next gig. Ben Roethlisberger's job in 2022. What do you think the favorite is? Well, we're assuming he's retired. That's not a job necessarily. What would be the minus 150 betting favorite? Wow, you guys are CBS analyst. Okay, thank you, Stephen. TV football analyst, minus 150. Oh, see, I was trying to think of a team that he possibly would go to. Well, that unretires to play in the NFL is plus 750 Mm. on this. Okay. This is so... Podcast host, plus 300. (laughs) Podcast host. Reality TV contestant, plus 400. I don't hate this. I don't hate that idea. Dancing actually. with the stars. It's about the only one I could come up with. I would like to see him like it uh like an amazing race. Does it say host a TV show? No, reality no, no. TV contestant. contestant. Survivor. Yeah, like a survivor or an amazing race type reality show. Survivor and it's uh is this a bad joke? I would should I shouldn't say any bathroom jokes, should I? We don't know what you're going to say, so we don't know. Nah, probably not. Yeah. Um, He'll be on the mass Singer. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see <laughs> yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's 
or whatever that new one is where they you're the digital rendering of yourself oh, what is that called <laughs> no 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 it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the mass singer except you they are seeing a digital version of yourself and then that person is singing and i don't know okay i'll weird. never watch it's that one program. of those weird fox shows that don't make sense um so tv analyst podcast host reality tv contestant unretires to play in the nfl plus 1200 nfl coach could take a gig somewhere mm-hmm. plus 1600 college coach he could jump on with miami of ohio his alma mater mm-hmm. so there you go those are the odds does ben there's no there's no odds for him to be yet another spokesman for nugenics <laughs> uh yeah some like infomercial yeah host. like some infomercial host uh, could go peddling like, like you know the, the the copper thingy jimmy johnson did the uh, viagra right or some kind of pill yeah back in the day yeah they're going to do a remake of a commercial like uh mean joe green thanks big ben thanks big ben does he have the personality to be a TV guy? I think like an analyst, not a... Like a host of a... I think like a studio analyst more so than a game analyst. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, like he's not, he's not a Tony Romo. Yeah. But then again, Tony Romo wasn't a Tony Romo. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's We a good didn't point. know that. Uh, I, and having even said that, I still don't see Big Ben being like a Romo in the booth. I could see him being at a table like a boomer yeah. or Sims. Like you said, CBS. Yeah. Redbeard's using some jokes that I was kind of going to go down that line, but I decided not to. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that. So we'll save uh, save that stuff for Twitter and for Redbeard <clears throat> as Chandler and CJ check their phones. All right. Uh, we're going to move on, take a timeout. Do you have something to say? I'm just confused. A, there's a clock that says it's 202, and B... The clock's wrong. All right, I, just, ESPN, I just solved that mystery for you. On the ESPN bottom line, it says Monday Night Football doubleheader Saturday. <laughs> like, why not just call it NFL doubleheader Saturday? They I mean, do, they've done this for years. so stupid. Yeah. And by the way, who wants to watch Broncos Chiefs on Saturday? That sounds like a miserable game to watch they always try there's just not enough games of importance this week i guess yeah so the chiefs what are they playing for maybe the top seed yeah playing for uh, i think they the titans would have to lose for them to get the number one seed so they're playing for basically the second seed and the cowboys and eagles is the other saturday game and they both have already locked up a playoff spot there might be some seeding yeah jockeying for position but no stakes there the the real game with stakes is the sunday nighter uh raiders and chargers chargers which i'm sure you love to see two teams from your division fighting for the playoffs Uh, it's pretty ugly to watch i will be tuning in for zay jones though hopefully he can figure out a way to to get it done how about a sunday a resurrection Mm -hmm. of his career and you got little joseph on the other side still playing um as he doesn't have too many more years Limble. in the league, and you he's would think. set to no. become a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, then you get one more deal. And... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think he'll get a deal next year if he wants to keep playing. But from looking at the numbers, his play has kind of fallen off a bit the last few years, as you would expect for what a 11, 12 year defensive tackle. I mean, Maybe he can thing? do a, a Bucks like you know jump on with a really yeah. good team and like, get, sign a one year deal. To think he was on the 08 and 09 conference championship team here is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, he's he's had a heck of a career, and he still starts for L.A. 
granted they have one of the worst run defenses in the league but it's not all limbo i mean he's actually still playing at a probably an average level above average level against the run so i mean he's just he's a your typical run stop and d tackle at the worst he could be a rotational guy next year all right let's get a break in we'll come back uh we will talk ecu athletics there's nothing that's happened on the field or on the court since we last spoke with steven Igo, but a lot of news off the field court diamond we'll dive into it all when we return on pirate radio live hour three on the way after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans has something for every uh, financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All righty. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, CJ Schaefer here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Had some big news earlier today. East Carolina, after losing a couple of long snappers, have added a long snapper. And uh, our Chandler Honeycutt, we're still hoping he can be a part of the ecu football team as a grad student and look just because ecu added a long snapper today doesn't mean that he they're not going to add another they just had two right you want to add another they had three and i think all three entered the portal this year yep um after a year or two after robert hill entered the the portal yeah what is going on this is i said it earlier screw the coaching carousel the quarterback carousel this long snapper carousel is nuts it's honestly it's made long snappers relevant i mean no offense channel wow before <laughs> but before i never covered long snapper recruiting news and My now i feel like exactly. it's yeah. now i feel like it's the main story like it's the only thing i can report on there's no games no commitments just long snapper news and uh <laughs> nuts. i'm interviewing the the newest long snapper commitment uh, tonight, the guy from North Carolina Central, whose name I can't remember, I know it's Alex, wow, Alex uh, Harper, Alex Harper. Yep, see, a harp. Uh, Rich on Facebook Live and uh, sorry, okay. He took a a shot at Slade Roy, I believe, on the way in. Was that the real purple and gold thing? I don't know it where had he was to going. Have been, yeah. So Why not only that? now we got long snappers beefing. By the way, I've slid into Slade Roy's DMs and uh we're trying to lock down an interview i go he's a very interesting dmer now the high school it it just it's he uses uh (laughs) he just how do you do the cam newton font (laughs) it's not that (laughs) he just shortens words right he doesn't have a lot of time to type out full words so sometimes it's kind of tough to (laughs) sometimes it's kind of tough to see what he's saying 
So uh, we're trying to uh, lock down an interview with Slade Roy. I want to know how this is going to go. <laughs> He's been very elusive. Uh, but I'm going to say the interview never happens. But when it does happen, if it does, you have to play the welcome to the family. Oh, I'll play family. Were you going to say something, Chandler? Before uh, all that nonsense? Alex Harper's high school colors is purple and gold. Yeah, but he uh, wouldn't trash his high school. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Maybe it's a, it's a shot at purple the, and gold. Maybe he's taking a shot at LeBron. He could be. I've heard Alex Harper really dislikes LeBron. He's definitely <laughs> a Kobe <him>. guy. <laughs> Wait, he also played in the yeah. purple and gold. Though. We're trying to get to the bottom of this. We got long snapper beef. This is great for college football. Yeah, I mean, this is for for all the negative of the transfer portal. This is what it does. This, it it this, keeps it. This, no, no, no. this is what it takes. This is what it takes to get some kind of recognition for long snappers. Well, it's out there now. It dawned on me the other day, Chandler, that you can't kick a field goal without the snap. And, I mean, you can't. I about cussed on air. You can't just. No crap! You can't just crap the ball out your pants and hold it and kick it that way. You have to snap it back to John Young. By the way, snapper and holder gone. Owen Daffer is stepping into a whole new world next Who year. Who is the holder? John Young. And he's been the holder, an All-American holder for how many years now? Wait, unofficially All-American? or All-American holder. <laughs> okay. Per uh, 24-7 sports is Stephen Igo. <laughs> uh, who's the punter? Oh, do we still have the Aussie? Uh, Troy Dreyfus, I think, is, is lining <laughs> up to be the next punter after what I saw the other day. That's right. That's but uh, right. no, nah, the, uh, the Aussie, Luke Larson, they also brought in a transfer punter transfer uh from from air force to compete with the aussie all right support the troops uh troy troy d likes the shout out there yeah. as uh i think this is going to turn into chandler not being on the team and troy and eventually being on the team did i ever read rich's comment he said i want to see chan man snap a, ball, a basketball full court and make it in Minji's. that would be cool could you be like part of the halftime show or something yeah all right. Would it be legal for a quarterback to snap it across the field? Would it be instead of just throwing it, like just snapping it? Just turn around and just snap like, it. If you're the greatest long snapper yeah. in the world, just snap it to the receiver. I mean, we basically are quarterbacks throwing it backwards that is between true. our legs. So you take the snap from the center <laughs> who snaps it between his legs, immediately turn around, bend down, and then hoist it and, and grip it and rip it. How long do you think you could snap a football? Do you have? Is that a challenge at the camps? Like long- that's actually a um, that's a record in the Guinness World Record book. Okay, what is it? I'm not sure, but it was. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it was held by a guy that snapped here for a short bit. Snapped Eric, here, Eric Lawson. <laughs> How do you? What in the world? Hold on. Look but, up. I'm pretty sure that dude's dad. He got mad at me one time for not for not giving the long snappers any credit. I'm with them. <laughs> All right. Oh, you got some news here. Bengals. Long snapper. Bengals long snapper breaks world record for longest snap. Long snapper, longest snap. Makes sense. Clark Harris, uh, 36 yards and 8 inches. So there you go. 36 yards. Is that impressive to you, Chandler? Yeah. Could you get 120? 25? Probably. I, well, I would hope so because the punter is 15 yards behind the long snapper. Okay. So, I mean, if I could snap at 15, I would hope I could snap at 20. All right, Guinness Book of World Records. 
the farthest long snap of an American football is 41 and a point five yards. Matthew Dever on May of 2020. Uh, it says Matthew has he played high school football and has always been good at long snapping. So congratulations, that's the longest according to Guinness World Records. So that record you were talking about was broken. Instead of saying the longest long snap, the writer had farthest. to use the farthest long snap. Yeah. So we're look, we are doing all we can to raise awareness here. Who is your favorite long snapper of all time? Um, JJ Jansen. Well, I hate to say this because he's a, a Tar Heel, but Ethan Albright mm-hmm. and a friend of the show. We talked to him like ten years ago. I interviewed him, but B, there was a fake Ethan Albright like social media post letter written to john madden oh yeah i remember that yeah (laughs) it is the funniest and it's not for sensitive eyes there's some strong language and probably language you can't use in 2021 but if you don't know about just google ethan albright madden and somebody wrote a letter as ethan albright because his awareness was like a one (laughs) and it was like so you're basically saying i get out of bed bump my head on the dresser and then spit on my shirt and fall backwards out of a window like it's stuff like that it is hilarious it's the it's the funniest thing ever so that would be my answer mike leach is my favorite long snapper of all time not the pirate mike is he a leach. bronco guy super bowl winning long snapper <laughs> you know him Chandler? no wow wow that's a shot at mike leach Big i do not time. know that guy uh robert says tool uh he was making a joke again i guess tool is in washington dc coming up in february or march i don't know what he's trying to say are you aware of that um yes are uh, you going no. when's your next concert I got? i'm going i've already got three on the docket this year i've got foo fighters in may rage against the machine in july and red hot chili peppers in september you're going to all those yeah wow that's a pretty wow. age was supposed to be two years ago Keep summer of i go concert tour yeah that's gotta make up for no uh carolina rebellion slash epicenter anymore slash x fest slash x fest slash chevelle slash do you Cedar. ever miss 99x all the time i, 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 mean, I, I despise the fact that it got taken away yeah and now when my if my uh, wife and daughter ride and uh, drive my car the radio is on 99.5 when i get in it's like a r&b yeah it's just rap rock like uh, a uh pop top station. hits yeah sad to see when they when they announced that news i sent a poignant uh email to a certain person do you know what point are you using that word correctly? i don't think so <laughs> i don't either poignant i know what word you're trying to say but is that even the definite like the word you're trying to use i said a harshly worded yeah angry yeah. letter poignant is like what does poignant mean i think poignant. Poignant? poignant 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 but that means like a uh um, it says evoking a keen a sense of sadness or regret so i mean i think it would fit that bittersweet maybe okay no because there's no sweet to it it was no. all bitter I was very sad and regretful as I sent that. I think while we're talking, whatever. About, while we're talking, what are we talking about? I know, I know. We'll, we'll end it here. I was, uh, I was devastated when they took Howard Stern off and put on Lex and Terry. 
devastating. Yeah, I mean, I, Lex and Terry grew on me over the years, but they were never near as good as Howard Stern. All right, we can close off this conversation now. Stop. Drop. Hammer time. We Collaborate a, and listen. We need a break. We need a reset. So let's do that. We'll come back. We'll. Uh, are we going to play basketball Wednesday night, Stephen? Give me a. Are we going to play pickup basketball? A seventy-five percent chance. Yes. All right. I'll take that right now. After a zero percent chance the last two games, I'll take seventy-five. Uh, we will take a timeout. Chad said the uh, long snapper diss track when it drops, it's going to be fire. <laughs> I, I love. Uh, I, I'd love to create some long snapper beef. Let's go after State's long snapper. Find out who that is. Let's go after him. Rough and rowdy. Let's go. <laughs> Take a time out. Come back. Have more for you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville and uh, right next to Sam's Club. Or you can go online at qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We are not part of the Firefly Sports Network. What's it called? Free, free form. Fire, play, free play, form sports network. Play, play, play fly. fly. Play fly. Play fly sports. Play fly sports. Uh, I go tell us all the details on that move today. East Carolina going from Learfield IMG to Playfly Sports. I was hoping that you would be able to educate me on the addition of Playfly Sports to the ECU marketing genre. So there's a ton of questions about it on the Hoist the Colors thread. When are you going to answer those questions? I don't know the answer, so <laughs> possibly never. I, I do not talk about that earlier. Venture into the IMG realm. Yeah, I didn't I don't know, understand. I don't know anything about IMG. I just know that there's a partnership with uh, the university for like marketing and for the coaches shows and all that. So now Playfly is that right? Yeah, Playfly will be taking that over. I know they're up and coming in the business. I don't know if they pay ecu anything or what benefits they right. offer versus img i don't know enough to know there's been questions you know about jeff charles he's an employee of img you know what happens there does this play fly just like take over all that and all the advertising spots or do they start from scratch these these are things that i don't know and that's why i'm asking them uh to people that are listening because maybe somebody can call in somebody not- knows more than we do about it um for sure for sure all right uh let's talk let's try to get everything in here uh, let's go football first um we discussed long snappers earlier. we got two long snappers that left and you say potentially three yeah max parker is the other long snapper that came in last year and he has put on his twitter profile that he is a uh in the transfer board. <laughs> this is insane <laughs> this is but he has not popped up in the portal neither has liam crowley but they appear to be on their way out. Because, I mean, li- listen. Okay, Sai. You come to a school 
as a long snapper or a specialist to compete for a scholarship, once you realize you're not going to get that scholarship, why would you stay? Now, the Slade Roy situation was different because he had the scholarship. He just wanted to go to the family. Family! And play at a bigger school. Family. And probably there were some backdoor deals done to get him to LSU. But Is that legal, illegal, doesn't matter? As long as... I mean, it doesn't matter. But the the, the thing is, you know, can we sue LSU? No, his his kicking coach or whatever could talk to the coach at LSU and be like, "Hey, if player X enters the portal, will you guys hold a spot for him?" Or something. And Brian Kelly said, "Dag Navit, I would love to have Slade Roy as part of my family. The good old boy. He's a he sure can snap that ball. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I got you fired up for LSU uh, K State tonight. Basketball? No, football. There's a football game tonight. Yep. Why is LSU and Kansas State playing a football game tonight? Better question. Why not? I. What, because what, what all, all the this? bowls should be over. It's uh, what is it? The Texas Bowl, something like that. Like, that's got to be the last bowl game, right, before the championship? I wish I could say there was more, but yeah, this is it. I mean, it's just so random, though. It is very random. Uh, it is the... And it's at 9 o'clock? Texas, Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium, K-State and LSU. Battle of the Purples. I'm not going to lie, I don't, I don't have zero desire to watch that game. It's a great night of college basketball, if you're into that. You're not much of a college basketball watcher, though. Are you? Not until later in the year. Okay. Usually around this time when conference play starts, I get more into it. But with, like, ECU has to be playing for me to actually pay attention to it. Hey, Shirley, guess what Steven did that you haven't done? Watched Yellow Jackets. I know. I know. To you need to check it out. Yeah, it's it's fun. I so, think you enjoy I, it too. I I'll get to it eventually. Well, what's tonight, uh, entertainment wise? Like, uh, if you're not gonna watch hoops or football, what are you gonna do? probably either play my ps5 or watch yellow jackets what are you playing on ps5 i got a couple games for christmas i need to start um i got guardians of the galaxy the video game hmm. and i need to start that but i'm I like I'm, the movie yeah i have not played it yet i got that in and ratchet and clank Rift is that like an old game or it's like an old I've series but it's it. a new okay. it was a new ps5 exclusive i broke so. out the ps3 and played some college football Dude, if i could over the if break. i could play college football i'd be all all about it we need to do, get some kind of tournament going or something run that online dynasty back yeah i don't know if the wheels if the mice is still running around the wheel <laughs> that internet was did you have to hardwire it or was there wi-fi yeah, there's wi-fi back okay then. all right um, maybe we can figure that out and get that going again. All right. Um, any Okay, football. Here's what I wanted to do. Nolan Johnson transfers. Trevion Freshwater. Portal. Who are the other key moves? As far as out? Yeah. I mean, there's not really anybody that's been a big surprise. The one guy who you would like to have back really was Nolan Johnson and then Slater Roy. I would classify the rest that have entered the portal as, hey, they're either so far down the depth chart where they – probably need to go elsewhere to play it was kind of a mutual decision i would say you've had an offensive lineman jaquez powell <clears throat> from uh southwest edgecombe he ended up entering the portal so you had a couple 252 guys enter which was unfortunate it just didn't work out for whatever reason uh you've had a couple other backups as well um dre terry who finished his career graduated from here he's going to play his final year elsewhere so 
you know, nobody super significant right now, I would say. And Nolan Johnson, like, he's a really good player. Probably with Malik Fleming and Jaquan McMillan come back, would have been the third corner again. He's already got his degree. He's got two years left. You know, I don't blame him at all for saying, hey, I got my degree at ECU, played four years there. All right, let's enter the portal and, and try to, you know, get some more film, get a shot somewhere else because he's got the body and, and phys- you know physical attributes to be a potential pro as far as getting a look. You know, you're a 6'2 corner who can run. He's just got to play more. And unfortunately for ECU, or fortunately, they have two really good corners in Malik Fleming and J-Mac. Um, what was I going to say? You sidetracked me because I was going to ask, who do you blame for entering the portal these days? It's just a way of life. Yeah, I mean, it's just part of college football now. Um, all right, we'll move on to basketball before I remember, uh, think about the football thought that I had. Uh, we think we're going to play tomorrow. Joe Dooley, I asked him earlier, he didn't get into specifics, uh, if they, they would be fully stocked if they did play a game. And he said no. He said they were hoping to maybe add a couple guys to, to be able to practice today. And it sounds like they haven't done much team practice here lately, I go. So who knows what they're going to look like when they get back on the court. I will say maybe I'll, I'll put a positive spin on it. Tulane was not playing very well. Went into a two-week hiatus where they missed two or three games because of COVID. Came out. They've won two in a row against Memphis and Cincinnati. So maybe it can be a positive, but Joe Dooley did say he was a little worried about rust and conditioning if they do indeed return to the court Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, you have to be concerned, especially with the way ECU practices. And Coach Dooley puts a lot of emphasis on practice, not that other coaches don't, but just having been around practice, I mean, he's one of those who believes you you play like you practice. So for them not to practice really at all in a full team fashion since this pause started, they got a little bit of work in yesterday, got a little bit more today. Typically, that's not conducive to playing at your best, but – you know, basketball is a, a funny sport. Um, maybe you just go out there and have the hot hand from from sitting around and and kind of taking some time off, and you just never know. Tulane, maybe they're riding high coming off two big wins. Yeah. I mean, it almost feels like they're due for a letdown. Definitely. So I'll be very interested to see what the line is on this game. Is there one out yet? No, and I was thinking you got to make Tulane a favorite. I would think so, but – I would say Tulane ECU. minus like two and a half or something. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. I do remember my football question now. So we've seen players transfer and enter the portal like after spring ball, right? Yeah, it happens a lot. Right. So like just because somebody hasn't transferred now doesn't mean it won't happen. But it is somewhat notable that there are no quarterbacks in the portal for ECU right now, right? Yeah, I think that's notable. I think – when the semester starts, I think you'll still see a couple more guys trickle out these next this next week or so. When the semester starts and it's fully fledged and and is underway, I think at that point the guys who are in the program are going to go through spring practice, see where they stand, and then you're going to have another wave across the country after spring after ball. spring ball because guys are going to say, "Hey, I'm going to go into spring ball. I'm trying to get to this spot on the depth chart. If not, I'm going to leave and take my chances elsewhere." So. You'll see you see you probably lose some players. You'll probably see you see you gain some players in that wave. I mean, that's just part of everybody's gonna do it. That's part of college football now. There's almost like two free agency periods after the season, going into the spring semester, and then after spring ball going into the summer. 
<laughs> Josh says uh, we should start a rock station in Greenville, Pirate Rock. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. Maybe it could be a um, yeah subsidiary of Pirate Radio. Yeah. Ayo could I'll be the uh, station manager slash DJ. I used to call the uh, 99X DJs when I would be like in the tractor working my dad right. to the radio. Um, there used, used to, call to be Blando. See, I, uh, it was a little before that. Ah. I actually worked with Blando at WZMB. Oh, really? Yeah, I knew Blando. What is Blando up to these days? I don't know that. Uh, but these were two guys. One was a Dolphins fan, one was a Redskins fan. And I remember they'd talk about football a little bit. And I'd call on Mondays and make a football comment and then request like the latest three doors down song or whatever latest, the latest hit from uh breaking benjamin <laughs> exactly so uh good times good memories they need to bring those back i go oh, man that could be your second life man rock you've got a radio background a rock background once you're done hoisting the colors that you get out of athletics and you get into rock and roll radio have your own station that'd be awesome you could put on i go fest i go fast it's already got a cool name uh i i'm there might be some potential there honestly and you just bring back all the old bands you like and they'd be old and like chevelle barely play it anymore breaking benjamin just bring back all the early 2000 hits yeah this is all of a sudden a fantastic Mm -hmm. idea josh and i am fully on. so who's gonna pay for it all your uh hoist the colors millions bro uh if i'm making millions i would like to see it you will one day you're investing it you know when ecu gets to the sec uh speaking of that this is kind of unrelated to that but i was thinking about luke fickle and what is his long-term future at cincinnati how does this relate to east carolina to the southeastern conference it's related to a school going to another conference i thought about you know what's the the precedent for a guy like fickle staying at cincinnati and my thought was gary patterson tcu got the bump yeah that's a good point thank you that's all i wanted to hear uh but made a, a career there stayed there uh got into the big 12 he was there pre-big 12 right yes and do you think that is a possibility for fickle i mean we just had a pretty intense coaching cycle and there wasn't too much fickle talk was there fickle talk and was Um, that on his end or teams not wanting him i can't imagine teams not wanting him yeah i think it's just he's happy at cincinnati and the only job he really wants to leave for is ohio state right and so until that comes available if it does i think he would 100 percent bowl for that but now we did say like the only job lincoln Riley's going to go to is dallas cowboys and he goes to usc so this could change it definitely is subject to change because in every coaching situation it's just you reach a point where it becomes stale like you hit that ceiling and you can't get like lincoln riley i think probably felt like the ceiling for ou was making the college football playoff and now that they're going to the sec he's not dumb he sees hey man like things are going to get a lot tougher we're going from playing you know baylor and iowa state to alabama auburn like that's just such a jump up in competition on a weekly basis and he made a smart move in my opinion uh and i think every coaching situation you kind of reach that point where you plateau a little bit based on the situation and the the resources the fan base kind of gets tired of it like i feel like dave doran and nc state are kind of there even though he keeps like winning enough to eight and four nine and three 
But their fan base is like it, he shouldn't be fired. He should really, be. But if it's he loses like, the ECU in next year's opener, he'll be on the hot seat. It's like you said, you, his head is right up against that ceiling. Yep. So uh, I I feel like that could eventually happen with Luke Fickle to bring it back to a point. But also feel like Cincinnati fans have to have a pretty realistic expectation going to the Big Twelve, knowing they're not gonna just show up and make the playoff every year i'm wondering so. what they what would you put them at right now in the big 12 i go middle i mean think about it when like, they get there take oklahoma, texas, texas and oklahoma out i mean who's ahead of them oklahoma state maybe? baylor baylor but how long is aranda going to be there yeah good question i don't know uh there aren't too many dynasties going right now in college football of course alabama dabo and I'm interested to see, does he get back to where they were? Or, or have we seen the best of Clemson? We need to talk about... Did you see what South Florida did today? Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. They gave extensions to... Everybody. Scott and Gregory. Those are two last names, not first names. Brian Gregory and Jeff Scott. They're basketball and football coaches. I want to say they gave it to like their almost their entire athletic department. Here, I'm pulling it up real quick. They're just like, look, we're going to keep things the same around here. Which I kind of respect the move, but I also kind of question it. Just because, let's see, USF sends sweeping round of extensions. Um, all 14 of South Florida's head coaches, including football coach Jeff Scott and men's basketball coach Brian Gregory, have been extended until wow. at least 2023. And Jeff Scott extended through 26-27, which... In lieu of Christmas bonuses, we're going to do extensions. Jeff Scott has beaten one FBS team in two years at South Florida, and he got a two-year extension. I hope that wasn't us. He's 0-2 against ECU, so he beat Tulsa. Mm. I will say, though, I do kind of like the fact that, hey, you're looking at it from – if you're trying to really rebuild a program, how fair is it to ask a coach to do that in a pandemic in his first year? And then coming off that year, really to make a fair evaluation. But at the same time, it is a risky move. He's 3-18. and 18, He's beaten one FBS team. If they're terrible again next year after all these transfer moves, then what do you do? Um, great question and interesting story out of Tampa. Let's get Mitchell from Winston-Salem. Uh, we got to get a break in and say goodbye to Igo, but he has a question for Igo. Hello, Mitchell. Hey, guys. Uh, can y'all quickly – do a rundown of the eight conference teams we're going to play next year in football and kind of give me an idea. Are they losing a lot or not losing a lot at all? Okay. Do we have that information, I guess? We don't have an official schedule from the American. Do we have the opponents? We do not, but we can assume (laughs) based upon the uh, based upon the American's history that it'll just be reversed in terms of like home and away because ECU just added Memphis and Houston to the schedule and they took away SMU and Tulsa. So it should be the same eight teams um, as far as that goes. All right. Well, uh, looking at it very quickly then, um, let's say Tulane. Um, We should beat Tulane, right? They still have their quarterback. Uh, ECU will be favored in that game, but yeah. after two straight trips to Greenville, ECU should have to go to New Orleans. Pratt should be back, even though there were some questionable things done on offense as the year went on. I haven't seen if, if their OC is going to be back. Not to pull a Ronnie Woodward, I'm not scared of Tulane anymore. 
I mean, that's fair. They had a down year there. We'll see. They had a weird year for uh, Fritz. They had a lot of really good. Uh, UCF. Dylan Gabriel has gone to like eight different schools since he left UCF. Yeah. Uh, Ends up in what? Boomer Sooner? Oklahoma? Yeah, pretty weak character to quit on UCF, then go to UCLA, and then back out on that the day of classes. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, I don't know. who Do they still have a stable of QBs? They did at one point. I, I think the Mikey King kid is going to be pretty good. Uh, they'll yeah. probably bring in a transfer. They'll be, they'll be good again. They're bringing in a lot of transfers. Um, but again, I like our chances. You're playing at home. I think that's a, a toss-up. Uh, Houston? Houston should be really good. Clayton Toon should be back. That running back, the uh, McCaskill kid, is just a freshman. Uh, their receiver, Nathaniel Dell, I'm not sure what his status is, but a lot of their defense is back. Houston, I think, will be one of the conference favorites, but they have to come to Greenville. South Florida, not worried about the Bulls. Too South much. Florida, again, ton of transfers. They'll basically have half a new team next year. They do have that young quarterback who did not play against ECU this year, who I think has a bright future. So I think they'll be much improved, and you have to go on the road. Temple, a complete mess, new coach. Uh, you do have to play them on the road, but, man, they are uh, in a rough spot right now. Yeah, Temple, I don't really know what to make of them. First-time head coach from a running backs coach, I believe, Coach Drayton. Um, their quarterback, Mathis, entered the portal. Like I, I don't, I don't even know what their roster will like next year. Memphis at ECU sounds like a really fun football game. Yeah, that should be a good game. And Hennigan, their freshman quarterback, will be back. They also had a a transfer quarterback from Arizona miss the entire year due to an injury, who was pretty good at Arizona. So I could see them being being good next year, being a top half of the American team, but not a hundred percent sold on their their coach, uh, Silver, Silverfield. Although he did just bring in a new D.C. and they had some problems on defense, as evidenced by their inability to stop the Pirates on third down. I'm already scared to play Navy next year <laughs> Yeah, Here at home. It doesn't matter if it's home or away. It's the same game. It doesn't matter where yeah. it is. I think their quarterback will be back. He was a junior this year. Um, and They got better as the year went they on. They better. beat Army. They had the third toughest schedule in America. So I think they'll be much improved. I hope we see them, uh, well our most of our september schedule is done i hope we see them like the first conference game instead at the end of the year so there's the only way ecu could play a game on the 24th is if they play navy otherwise it'll be a bye all right let's make that game that would make for four straight home games if navy plays at ecu and then cincinnati uh interested to see what they look like next year without ritter without they're gonna lose a lot i mean they're basically their entire starting lineup almost i mean those two corners that ridiculous linebacker that's Beavers. why i feel like it was a good time for fickle to get out yeah Majay sanders um ritter the running back jerome ford i don't know if he's going pro i would assume so gardner they're going yeah, pro the yep. receivers so i mean they're gonna they're gonna have to restock now they have recruited extremely well the next two years but i mean you look at that schedule i think ecu's favored in the majority of those games it's amazing how much uh, difference a year makes because it is so good to look at a schedule and see W's beside Tulane, Temple, on the road at Memphis, of course, Navy. Like You just get over all those issues you have with those teams. Yeah. Of course, you beat Temple the previous year, but put a beat down on them this year. So you're right. Major step forward. You should be favored against Old Dominion and Campbell in non-conference. 
But then you play NC State and BYU, and those are probably two games you're an underdog in. I go. There's a lot of time between now and September. I want to do, um, and maybe we could do it when we do our position previews. But I'd love to break down the quarterbacks for these teams. It, yeah. it seems like we know a lot of them just going through the list with you there. Yeah, I would. Uh, for the know, most part, I would assume. You know, as we go through that list, basically everybody should be back outside of Ritter. Outside of Ritter, and uh, the Memphis situation could change, and then Temple. I don't know what their their quarterback situation will be. I go good stuff. Uh, what's going on at Hoist the Colors? Uh, lots of good good recruiting stuff. There's a uh, a couple of recruits in on campus this week, and we've got an article with one of those guys up on hoistthecolors.net. We, also, we do a lot of recruiting, I go, but now, and this is not new necessarily, but probably ever growing for you. Uh, where ECU stands with offered players in the portal, ten edge rushers in the portal. Yeah. You're looking at the portal like you're looking at high school kids at this point. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing to try and sift through like some of that stuff, and I I don't know how the coaches do it because you look at each guy's situation, they're all different. You like this guy should be better than what he was. Why didn't he play more? Why wasn't he more productive? So, you know, and, and all of them enter the portal for a reason. And many of them are different reasons. So you really have to do your homework to make sure you're getting a quality addition. But we also had a, a bunch of coverage over the New Year's. There's a coaching change uh, on Coach Houston's staff we talked about in VIP. So um, lots of good stuff on Hoist of Colors for our subscribers. I go. Happy New Year. Thanks for hanging out. Happy New Year, Clip. Uh, we What's will... your New Year's resolution? To make... I go fest, a thing. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. All right. I'll let you know how I do. All right. Let's, uh, Shirley, do we have a giveaway today? All right. We got a giveaway. Let's open up the booty bag. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. We'll make you a winner right now. Shirley, what are we giving away today? A large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. All right. Sounds like a plan. Great night for a pizza pie from Domino's. What color are you looking for? Um, Let's go with color number... Boy, I've never asked you a tougher question. Color 10? Color 10. Color 10. 317-1250. 317-1250. We'll be back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was up 214 points and closed at 36,799. NASDAQ, however, fell 210 points at 15 15,622 and the S&P was down three at 4,793. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC and congratulations to Todd Harris of Winterville. Picked up a large two-topping pizza courtesy of Domino's. Domino's has three locations to take care of you. Every day, all three topping pizzas are only $7.99 each for carryout only. Order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty. We really need a game. We need a game to 
recap, look at, watch, talk about. Uh, Wednesday, it'll be another day of previewing a game that we hope is played Wednesday night in Menji's Coliseum uh, as the fighting Corey Glores of Tulane take on ECU. And we are scheduled to talk to Corey Glore coming up in our first hour on Wednesday show. Nice. As he will be back in Greenville, North Carolina. Hello. Hello. One all. They all know. They all know. Can he make it to trivia afterwards? Uh, that is a great question, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they leave right after the game. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking too. But if uh, if he is still around, we'd love to have him at AJ's late night. Our plan is to start trivia. We'll do an, a power hour at about 9.15 after the ECU game. So we want uh, everybody to go to Minji's and then head over to AJ's for some fun, a post-game uh, trivia battle and uh, we'll have a good night coming up on wednesday night looking forward to that good night of college basketball tonight as we take a look at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard uh presented by the buck there da is a, there is a football game lsu kansas state uh shirley fire up 40 bowls in 14 days oh god i don't even have it ready <laughs> all right with chandler and i can sing it okay fast version <laughs> 40 balls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days, 40 balls in 14 days, oh my goodness. 40 balls in 14 days, 14 days, 14 days, 40 balls in 14 days, 14 days. 40 balls. 14 days. 40 balls. 14 days. Alright, well done, Chandler. LSU taking on Kansas State in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. K-State, seven and a half point favorite. LSU undermanned they this is tough because what's the most important thing in life the long snapper what's the second most important thing in life family family and brian kelly i don't think he's gonna be on the sidelines tonight right he's down some family members they're gonna be without the head of the family and I just don't know if they're going to be able to win this game without He's him. the daddy of the family. The daddy's gone. Daddy family. Daddy went to go get cigarettes. He'll be back in 10 minutes, he oh, said. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, um, mercy. So, K-State, the pick tonight. I'm making my own pick in 40 balls in 14 days. For the first time ever, I'm in. All right. Uh, that music means we're out of time, right? Yes, we are. You're playing me off great job by shirley rhodes on the intro and outro music for the show that is uh good point we hadn't mentioned that love it shirley that is awesome well, thank you and the beginning is i'm gonna laugh every day because it's mountain. Can you be quiet please thank you i mean that's can't ask for a better intro than that never really. gonna get old to me so do you mind adding rick flair Woo! Woo! i yeah at some point <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you wednesday three o'clock on an all-new edition of pirate radio live thanks for tuning in today for shirley rhodes chandler honeycutt cj schaefer i'm clip brock so long everybody. thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation